Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw Ellie Reg. You can find me on the Twit Machine at Justin Harvey75. You can find the entire show on the Twitter machine at MMM Show75. And uh, I'm joined today by one, and count them only one host, co host, uh, the Lucha Gringo, the one that I normally can't find. What's up, Case? I'm sorry I'm the only host that's dedicated to the show and puts in the time to show up. Um, but yeah, uh, this is Casey. You can find me at Lucha Gringo. You can find me um, at RMHC Podcast for my other podcast. Show up. Um, whoa. But whoa. yeah, uh, this is Casey. Ooh, you can find me at echo. Lucha Gringo. You can find me. <laughs> Are you in the chat? I, yeah, I was trying to go in the chat, and then I did. Uh, I hit that button that made oh, yeah. things happen. Yeah, Alberto's in the chat. Mr. Krabs is crying about us not starting soon enough in the chat a while ago. Okay, well, he like can blame there. he can blame the 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 fever man Byron for that shit. Not Byron Byron Diva that didn't show up on time. That's at Byron Diva. Uh, oh goddamn! Yeah, it's hot reason i don't have video is because it's too hot to have all the fucking lights on right now like it's it's gross <laughs> it, is, it is um moist i think is the word i'm looking for today in los angeles it's yeah uh, not very pleasant here in the uh mmm show headquarters studio where i'm located at the lovely brown curtain room <laughs> <laughs> and it's not it's not in uh it's not in the house of masks either so uh yeah no, no masks. If you guys want to see my masks, watch uh, last week's episode. How about that? Yes, yes. Last week's episode was uh, a doozy, and thank you to everybody who listened. That uh, we got a lot of lot of views, hits, listens, whatever the hell you want to call it, across whatever gamillion different platforms we're on. Which, where do you listen to the show, Casey? Where do you? How do you get this? Because you don't have an oh. iPhone, right? No, I use. Um... Oh, what is the name of? I use Pocket Casts uh, on an Android phone. It's pretty great program. I highly recommend it. Can you listen at uh, faster than regular speed? <laughs> Fucking right, I can. And it uh, it also has a function to take silence out of the shows. So if you listen to a show with a lot of uncomfortable pauses in it, it <laughs> takes them out. And uh, I can think of quite a few podcasts that that's helped. Like. If I actually press the button, it tells me how much time I have saved doing that. Uh, and, you know, it's like this weird ongoing total that it does. But uh, it's pretty funny because it's like you have saved 31 hours and seven minutes just cutting out the silence. So, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I typically use the uh, just the regular iPhone deal because I like going speed and a half. But then I find it very funny when I listen to shows like uh, MMA Hour, which is usually five and a half hours long. If I listen to anything from that on regular speed, it drives me insane. And uh, yeah. uh, keeping it 100, too. Like, I, in my mind, Glenn Gilberti speaks like 700 words per minute because he already talks fast. <laughs> and I listen to it at fast speed. I'm just like downloading that shit right into my brain. Yeah, I'm like that with the with something to wrestle the Bruce P Bruce Pritchard podcast because uh, it's getting to be as long as our podcasts are sometimes longer. I think they've done five hour podcasts. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. but they're fucking interesting though, man. Same with keeping keeping it one hundred. You know, since they're nice to us and shout us out, that's 
awesome. Well, yeah, you know, and I, and I had a couple of questions about that uh, because of Urban being on the show last week. Of, and, and then uh, someone asked me about shouting out Twitwile the week before, and you have to, you guys have to understand, like, I don't feel any direct competition from any other podcast. I don't really have any issues with with anybody per se like yeah you know there's other there's things i don't like and there's things i'll call out and say about other people but at the same time like i this doesn't it's not like a tv thing where somebody else is in our time slot and their competition or something you know it's like there's plenty of room to go around and if you like podcasts and you listen to them great listen to us listen to other people i listen to a shit ton of podcasts myself like i listen to the Lucha Click Party with the Dante Oblivion and those guys, the Way Too Real podcast, and I listen to Conan stuff, and I listen to, you know, a bunch of shit, and it, you know, I'm sure Casey has podcasts. What do you like? Uh, purple stuff and uh, purple stuff. There's a new episode today that's actually wrestling themed. Uh, dude, there's this new one that's fucking dope called Psychotronic Coast to Coast that I just started listening to about weird fucking horror movies and shit, and uh, that one's pretty good. Uh, I listen to Ear Hustle, which is people in fucking San Quentin prison doing their own podcast. It's riveting. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. I yeah, check out. <laughs> that, that shit's great. Like, I cannot recommend it enough. It's pretty tremendous. And uh, yeah, you, you hear some fucked up stories. It's pretty good. Yeah, see, I just like podcasts in general. Like, I've gotten, I, I don't listen to morning radio or anything like that anymore. So, like, if I want zany talk antics, you know, I'll listen to Ralph Garman's new podcast, especially now that he's not on uh, K Rock, and I'll, you know, I'll listen to Keeping It One Hundred and stuff like that. And then when I want music, I'll listen to fucking music. I, you know, put on my Spotify or my, you know, Pandora or the, one of the ten million songs I have in my two hundred fifty six gig iPhone. <laughs> you know, wh why do I need a radio station to cultivate? things for me when I can go out there and pick the stuff I specifically want. So anyway, the moral of the story is yes, there's no, we have no animosity with any other podcast. We promote and support a lot of other people. So don't be surprised if we shout out another show and, and, or if they shout out us, uh, that's just the way it rolls. Like I think, but be surprised if I shout someone out because I have nothing but animosity for everyone. You're a little more picky. You have a, a slightly more uh, honed in taste bud and, and a desire to let people know when you don't like shit. <laughs> I have so much homework. I can only listen to so many fucking podcasts now, man. I listen it's, to a lot. I listen to a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's well, a 10 hour work day. I listen to 10 hours worth of podcasts probably, but yeah. See, and I can't even listen to them at work. So I'm just yeah. like, I just leave them on while I'm sleeping at night and they just download directly into my brain. So anyway, the, the, the moral story was, is, is speaking of that with the amount of podcasts I listened to, I had not listened to uh, Keeping It 100 from a couple of weeks ago. And it, it was funny because it was like the, the one episode I missed listening to on the Thursday when it drops. And I go back and listen to it today finally. And right in the middle of the Mass Republic Minute, uh, you know, Kleinrock uh, talks about the EV dub story that you can hear um, a couple episodes back when Eric Van Wagner was talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin calling him to discuss the, the Vampiro calling Pentagon chubby thing, <laughs> which is a great story, by the way, if you if you haven't caught it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Kleinrock threw that out there in the Mass nice. Republic Minute. So props to him. Thank you for a even listening to the show, too. Yeah, him. yeah. Because that was not at the beginning of the show either. That was very much towards the end of the Eric Van Wagen interview. So that's at least an hour and a half probably into the episode. 
Um, so thanks for listening to it. And then uh, even bigger props for, for shouting it out on an, another podcast that gets just a few more <laughs> listens than we do. Yeah. Just a thousand times more, uh, probably more than that. Tens of thousand times more, but uh, yeah, Kevin's one of the few people I don't have animosity towards. I love that guy. He's great. So yeah. I, I that, send me toys, Kevin master public X super seven. And I, and I, uh, I, when I tweeted it out too, I have a, a, a transgender friend that is very interested in meeting Glenn Gilberti. So, um, you know, maybe now that there's this connection and symbiosis, maybe we can make that happen and, uh, he can get a, uh, he, she, my friend can get a hug from, from Glenn. That would be super awesome. And then, then Glenn could get the best of both worlds. <laughs> whatever, whatever floats his boat, man. I'm, you know, I don't judge. I don't judge. No. Nah. Um, anyway, that being said, uh, I know you've got your list. We've got uh, a little video clip in here somewhere from a, a long lost friend of ours that I'm going to play at some point in not too distant future. But I really want to talk about uh, our friend El Macias slash Mil Muertes slash Ricky Banderas. Or am I not supposed to unkayfabe any of that? Case? No, no, he's cool with it. But I, <laughs> I actually I, I want to direct some people somewhere that I don't. I don't know if they subscribe, they follow him on Twitter and they should. Uh, one of the podcasts that I do like listening to a lot is Lucha World. One of the hosts is Fredo Esparza. Uh, on Twitter, he's at the real Fredo, all one word, at the real Fredo. Follow him because when stuff goes on in Spanish, like the Macias press conference, he was actively translating into English and live tweeting the whole thing for us out of the kindness of his fucking heart. So follow this man. He knows more about Lucha than I will ever forget in my entire life. He's been a fan for so fucking long. He's been involved with the business for so long. Good dude. You know, the only, the only t-shirt from a podcast I own that isn't ours is a Lucha World shirt. That's how much I love that show. Wow. That's saying a lot. All right. So I'm going to put that on my list. Um, well, so yeah, so the thing with Ricky and, and, you know, I, I talked to Ricky and he expressed interest in possibly coming on this show at some point in time. So maybe we'll get uh, a little bit of the English version of the story too, but Hell yeah. apparently he's, uh, he's deuces with AAA. He's, he's all, all kind of fuck it and doesn't really seem to care what the, uh, repercussions of that may be. And you know, a lot of the stuff he said is a lot of the stuff that we've either had confirmed that Dorian was doing to people or that I've just outright said from hearing it from people on this podcast. Um, so it's good to hear someone actually saying it publicly and saying, yeah, this is them fucking me over. This is how they want to thank me for working for these motherfuckers for like 13 years. Then he's, he's basically like, come at me, bro. Because he knows he's fucking untouchable. Yeah, I mean, so what What do you think was the straw that broke the camel's back for him? I think it was uh, all this fucking garbage booking that's been going on in regards to his character. Like, uh, he's been treated like an afterthought. They, you know, he gets injured in their ring and he comes back and they, the way that they celebrate his comeback is by having him job to the shitty fake La Parca that AAA has. I fucking <laughs> hate that La Parca. Just so you know, Justin, I fucking hate the fake AAA La Parca. He blows up pretty quick. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the guy kind of blows up. Yeah, it's uh, 
See, okay, basically he always sucked, but there was a time where he got in a car accident and kind of did what you did to your shoulder, but like a thousand times worse and uh, came back too quick. And that's why like you can tell sometimes when he dances, like one of his arms isn't kind of moving with the rest of his body. He really fucked himself up bad and he shouldn't have come back from that injury. Uh, and it's affected what little work rate was there to begin with. Not that I'm a work rate guy. I think work rate's bullshit. As you'll see from my list, maybe. I don't know. I, uh, all my guys are pretty awesome on this Luchador list for later. Ooh, sounds sounds like the winner. I can't wait to hear it. Mm -hmm. um, and dude, if his shoulder injury was anything like, I mean, my shit was dangling out of the socket. I mean, like, arm was like, I don't know, six inches longer hanging down where the this bone up here was not connected to the socket at all. <laughs> Damn. Sucks it, didn't, like, sucks it didn't happen to your dick. Uh, well, six inches longer and shit. Yeah. Um, Mr. Krabs wants to know where Byron is. He called him bye bye first. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you were that close, but uh, we we don't know. <laughs> Let me text Byron one more time and see what happens. Uh, uh, we know that he was uh, he was Byron. hanging out with someone and he just might be absolutely shit faced right now and unable to do the show. Mr. Krabs wants to know where you are tell me call them bye-bye too he won't believe it but it's true <laughs> i should just screenshot the chat so uh yeah byron is at the carrot top show you know maybe filling in oh shit he's not ripped enough to be carrot top have you seen that motherfucker he looks like brock lesnar dude i think byron has gone the full tj miller at this point i mean oh so he's like raping people or something allegedly well, I, I wish Byron was here, too, because By Byron is actually in the news this week a little bit. I mean, first he went to New Japan and Jim's also not here because Jim's has prior engagements. Uh, so there there are New Japan reporters and they're not here. Plus, Byron has had the most amazing heat going on with Krista Joseph on the Twitter machine. And uh, I don't know if you guys have been following this or not, but it, it's fucking real. There's like some serious shoot stuff going on there. And I want to get to the bottom of just what exactly happened between Byron oh, and DJ. Cause it's, what it's horrible, horrible thing. Did Byron say I've called DJ a fecophiliac on this show. Yeah. Countless glass bottom boat references. <laughs> and, and he's, he's still cool with me unless he's just completely no selling me at this point and i'm worse than byron in his eyes i don't know Could i be. don't know man I, yeah. well look uh dj even follows jim now uh he he follows our, our buddy jim velasco now so awesome as he should because he's a real co-host of this show despite what some people might think well yes and and you know jim jim has a you know all the fun marvel stuff going on on his uh, twitter page too so you can see what's going on there and jim being an employee at Marvel always uh, has the insight on the cool parties and, you and know, he's, premieres he's and shit. a little busy with, you know, their biggest movie in the studio's history about to come out a little busy and WrestleMania. Cause homeboys going to WrestleMania too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is, did I hear right that Will Ospreay and AR Fox are, are having a match somewhere at, in the WrestleMania weekend world? Shit, man! I don't even know. Like the only, the There's only so many matches going on that weekend now. It's getting really, really hard to keep up with. There's some good shit that's gonna happen next weekend. 
The only wrestling I watched in the last week was um, Cubs fans sending me that link of uh, Leatherface and AAA in 2003 coming to the ring to the Rocks theme song. <laughs> the Rock says, the Rock says, and then the chainsaw is coming. And that, that actually happened because AAA is a garbage promotion wait, run by wait, garbage triple, people. AAA, the same promotion that sends cease and desist letters to people? Well, truth be told, that was 15 years ago. So that was when that was when the great Antonio Pena, who a man that I have nothing but respect and love for, was running the company. So he gets a pass. Okay. All right. Yeah. As long as as long as you did that shit all the time, though, because like <laughs> like uh, X Pac showed up there and he uh, created Degeneration Mex for a while, and uh, so they just used the DX theme from WWE without permission, you know that kind of thing. I did. Uh retweet some of uh fredo's stuff about that on the mmm show page if you guys are looking to to follow some of that um i gotta find some of this this dj and byron heat because it was fucking amazing so uh, all i know is that byron's like referred to him as my friend krista joseph and dj straight up said we're not friends oh yeah so i i found it so dj <laughs> was talking to somebody completely unrelated to anything to do with Byron, the shin blade guy. And he was asking, will Chris be in New Orleans? And he said, no, I have nothing to do with Impact versus Lucha Underground. Uh, wish he could be there, but it, you know, cause it's gonna be awesome. Love to participate in WrestleMania next weekend. And then uh, Byron chimes in at some place, like, uh, did you buy your WrestleMania tickets yet? And this guy says, no. Um, and then he said, no, I'm asking my friend DJ if he bought WrestleMania tickets. I hear it's a decent lineup and then DJ says it's a great lineup, but we're not friends and I don't need to buy WrestleMania tickets. I can just go. <laughs> and then it degenerated even further after that. And then uh, Byron got unfollowed again, some point in time in this after they had just patched up again. This is like a weekly occurrence now, but it's, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, DJ, I just want to apologize um, for Byron, I feel like I have to because I've known him the longest. Like I'm somewhat responsible for him intruding in DJ's life because I'm the one who introduced him to the Lucha Underground <laughs> products. So I'm sorry, DJ. I'll I'll start telling my more annoying friends to watch um, Impact instead or something. Oh dear lord! All right. So look, here's the deal. Since Byron isn't here, I'm going to run this video clip now and just be done with Byron for today. Let me see if I can set this up the right way. I hope you guys like sex movies. I'm not good at this technology stuff. Let me see if I can do this right. Here we go. All right. So this is the the one contribution that Byron has for this week here on the uh, the MMMMM ah! show. There he is. Yes. Hey, it's Byron from MMM Show, and I found a long-lost friend and reporter from MMM Show. Still summer from Multi-Lucha 2. No red shirt, though. I changed. Reporting live from uh, New Japan. New Japan, Strong Style Vault, out of Long Beach, California. Byron fucking up, fucked up a Bushi spot. I fucked up a spot? Yeah. It's moonsault. It's corner moonsault. You fucked it up. You made him too many winky eyes, caught his attention, and too many kisses. I'm a little distracted. I try not to sit too close to the inside. Uh, breaking news, New Japan's coming back to the Cow Palace July 7th. Can't make it. Can't make it. So the breaking news is that we can't make it. Probably early knew the date. Um, what sunburn I am. Found the sunburn legend, the last row heels, 
departing from a giant pyramid. And we got the young bucks in the background. But JMET says we can't talk to them or else we'll go to jail. So, yeah. Go find the Brennans. Good night and good, good night and stay in the mix. And stay in the mix. Wow. What? Good night. Uh, is it, good does night. that mean the show's over, Justin? Oh. No, Jesus Christ! They slaughtered my fucking outro line in the middle of my show. I should have, I should have watched that video before I played it. I guess. Wow, looks like son of Gene Wilder. Oh, <laughs> harsh, harsh. Um, no, Mister Krabs. Byron wasn't at Strong Style Evolved. That's not what that whole video was. Uh, he was actually uh, that. That was uh, that was a sex convention. <laughs> the next one's going to be at the Cow Palace on July 7th, and they can't make it, unfortunately. Oh, uh, no. Oh, man. Um, first of all, uh, Byron better watch out because he probably is a Bushi's type, and uh, allegedly. Uh, and uh, he might have he fucked that spot up. I think J-Man's right. I could see that. I mean, you know, I've seen Byron play Winky Eye at a couple of uh, performers before in the past, and you know, sometimes they get a little distracted by me. He's got that flamey red hair. He's easy to he's easy to spot in the crowd. He is, um, but I just got to tell Coda stick with Kenny. He's ten times the man that Byron ever will be. <laughs> I don't know, but Byron with that wet curly hair, maybe that's just Abushi's thing. You never know. I don't know. He's got to make it wetter, dude. I think Byron's got to go for the fucking Razor Ramon look. I think that's like the next makeover we have to give him, give him you know, like make him start wearing vests and Just shit. Full on greasy hair with a vest. Yeah. Shirtless vest, greasy hair, and then uh, white jeans with a fanny pack. There you go. And the toothpick. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the toothpick. That's disgusting. Everything about that's disgusting. Yeah, did you see the new Razor Ramon shirt? That's the Ramones w without the E, and it's just like four Razor Ramones. <laughs> no, that's great. But, I don't know. This other side's selling an even better one where they've got the fucking Razor Ramon shirt that WWE did in like the early 90s, but they made it the fake Razor. And I'm like, oh man, I kind of want that. Hold on, I'm going to uh, switch this audio thing real quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, races fan rocks. I'm enunciating races fan rocks, not racist fan rocks. This isn't an era lucha podcast. Uh, wants to know if we talked about the rules for Mania weekend. I I actually have to give Cubs fan, uh, aka at lucha blog, uh, the tweet of the year regarding those rules. Oh, what's he, that? Well, uh, he said that it's going to be great when L.A. Park breaks all the rules in one match and shuts down the entire wrestling for the whole weekend. <laughs> he kind of likes doing that shit. Uh, that. So, so you can't pile drive. You can't bleed. I don't think you can brawl in the crowd. You probably. I don't think you can do dives. It's it's all kinds of shit. Um, I haven't even been like like it seems like people keep tweeting more rules that are happening and i'm like fuck man i thought bill watts was bad with the fucking wcw in the 90s three people will get that reference that are in the chat right now <laughs> but you're all awesome for getting that um 
Wait, now, what is L.A. Park's crazy spinny f- finish move called? Does that thing have a name? Does he uh, still do that? I mean, I know he's old as shit. He can't possibly still be doing that thing. You mean like his torneo that he climbs up to the top and does like the little twisty press thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Sometimes it's called a Cancun tornado. Sometimes it's called a tornado. Sometimes it's called a sky twister press. Uh, I've seen him do it while still pretty big. I think he can still do it. Um, God damn, that dude is a madman. Shit, man. He busts out the fucking uh, the code red like it's nothing. And he's a big dude to be doing that move. Uh, you expect like Rey Mysterio to be doing that shit. Not the Craig Pittman version, but the Yoshi Tonk, you know, the little flippy sunset flip. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, also known as the fulcrum powerbomb. I'm I'm like losing our audience by knowing too many alternate <laughs> names for wrestling. Moves, probably. <laughs> this is why I ask you these questions, because I can't remember the regular names. man. I, I'm the wrestling fan that has seen all this shit, and I don't remember what I watched last week. I could have seen a fucking 92 star match last week, and I would forget it sometimes. I don't Whoa. know. Cubs fan I- says wrestlers must be clean shaved. What the fuck's Braun Strowman going to do? Oh, Ooh, back hair alone. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. Shit. We should bring in Mil- Miguelito Perez, the walking carpet, to do an appearance. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, no power bombs. No power bombs. Is this fucking WCW? What the? Oh, my God. Remember, uh, you know, they banned the power bomb. Just- I love it. Yeah, yeah. they did. And Kevin Nash power bombs someone and would get arrested. And then he'd look at the camera and say, how does it feel, Clarice? How does it feel to be driven through the table? So what, oh, what's going to happen if somebody breaks these rules? I mean, like, what's the punishment? They could shut down the show. They could find people. They can try a lot of things. But if they try to shut down the show, they're going to get fucked up. So we'll see. See, this is, all goes to money. I guarantee this is because of insurance policies and, and all that kind of shit. It's always the money. It's That's always the issue. It has but, to be. Yeah, and what you know, like uh, Pacific Northwest, some of those states have some pretty fucking crazy rules for wrestling, or did in the past. So they just stopped going, and it was funny because you know one of the reasons they stopped going is because they were very stringent on steroid testing. So they're like, oh, maybe we won't go there, and you know, and then uh, WWE didn't go to either Oregon or Washington for years because of it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. This sounds like shit that happens in Mexico, too, because, you know, the Boxy Lucha Commission, like they they run like a legitimate sports commission because boxing's under it. So they treat Lucha the same way and then they try to impose really fucked up rules all the time. And yeah, it's it's weird, but, you know, it keeps cool people employed like they get good wrestlers to like consult and be part of the commission. So that's kind of cool, like uh, Fantasma Senior is uh pretty high up in it you know stuff like that but still it doesn't keep them from doing weird stuff once in a while usually for like smaller shows you know again big league gets a break like um they're saying in the chat right now wwe they won't give a shit they'll just let them do whatever they want yeah it's ridiculous rebecca Locke says it's because someone sued the athletic commission and got buku bucks off it oh wonderful i i do know that new orleans likes to ruin everything for everyone so uh like you know the film business so we'll see oh yeah we'll see um mr krabs is very preoccupied with the fact that pwg is leaving their uh little Reseda 
hole in the wall up there. Hey, you know what, Mr. Krabs? I've been to shows in that building and it fucking sucks. I'm glad they're leaving. Yeah, and and honestly, it's like even with me with the temple, I was like all bummed that that Lucha Underground was going to be in some new place. But guess what? The new place is better. <laughs> and hopefully for PWG, that place they ran the last show is just better too. Like with air conditioning and and places for people to sit, and you know, not a a twenty foot ceiling or whatever is that was yeah. that old place. Because <laughs> you know, you know, Justin, I know you've been to some shitty hot days at the temple. Yeah. Magnify that by times 10. And that's what it feels like in that sweat box in Reseda. Like, yeah, uh, I, I live, I live on the border of Reseda. I don't go into Reseda. I stay in, in, in Sino and Tarzana. I don't go to Reseda like ever. I don't know, man. We should go to the great wall of China. That place is dope. That's in okay. And I go up there for ramen at, at ramen Nippon too. Oh but. yeah. That place is good. Yeah. Great wall of China, which you guys probably know from the movie drive is the restaurant that he murders the guy in the parking lot spoiler alert it's not really their parking lot though but uh the actual interior of the restaurant's a real place and that is maybe two minutes away from where the pwg american legion hall is yeah that's right around yeah that's right around the corner they're both right up there dude do you know how much shit i took last from last week about my comments about daniel bryan why just because you you're not familiar with his work well, but, but also because I said that that maybe he's making a mistake by pushing so hard to come back. And it, it's funny because I kind of said the same thing and no one gave me shit. I, I think that I say so much fucked up shit that I get a pass now. So you just <laughs> have to say more fucked up shit, Justin. You, you're considered the sane one. Well, it was like it was like I did a fucking heel turn or something like people think I'm some kind of baby face. And then I say some shit about Daniel Bryan and all of a sudden it's like, you know, Hulk Hogan just did his first heel turn or something like people are all upset about it. Like whatever. I think the guy should be careful. He's what? 30, 37, 38 years old. Yeah. I think me and him are about the same age. Yeah. And he did a lot of high risk fucking moves for a long time. Ask Harley race about flying headbutts. I mean, like, you know, even the simplest high risk moves can be super fucking dangerous. And he is a high risk performer. And you know, okay, so what is everyone going to get at this WrestleMania match? What What is everyone expecting? Like, I, I hear all these people are like, oh, now WrestleMania means something because Daniel Bryan's going to be in it. Like, what does it mean? This guy who's just been medically cleared for his first match in years and, and he's wrestling with a fucking McMahon on his team is going to be some kind of showstopper? I hope to God not. I hope to God it is the most boring match you guys fucking see that, that weekend because... The guy is coming back from a major injury. It took years and tons of doctors, dozens literally, to get fucking cleared to get back in the ring. If he's out there doing the same dumb shit that everyone loved him for in the past, he's a fucking idiot. No flying headbutts. No yeah. flying headbutts. That's that's all. I'm, that's not too much to ask, right? I mean, come on. Even the way he does that drop kick, where he does that yeah. hell drop, yeah. where he flips over. That you you land that even slightly off, tweak your shoulder, or your neck, and he's he's in a fucking he's paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see the dude get fucked up. I don't I even want to see Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. I know they couldn't get the Rock for Ronda, so they didn't really have a choice. But at the same time, right. it's like here's Ronda, she's a newbie. Here's Kurt, he's got he's fused in like seventy three places in his back, and he's gonna go out there and protect her. Yeah, and, and who's yeah. on the other side? Stephanie is Stephanie's gonna protect Rhonda? 
Ronda is the, the most active real wrestler in the match. She's going to have to protect everybody else. How is this going to be a good match at WrestleMania? It, oh, God. It's not going. That match is going to be a train wreck. I, I do want to tell you that uh, YH uh, Hiekun Dark says hello, Justin. She's in the chat right now. Hey, what's up? Uh, the, the leader of Team Angelico. Is, is Angelico flying out for Mania weekend at all? I hope so. Or is he still in Europe? Oh, Andre Nichols, good day, mate. <laughs> yeah, Ronda basing for everybody in that match will be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> they should they should just start doing lucha dives and have her catch. But uh, man, uh, I'm probably not even going to watch WrestleMania. I'm going to be real about this. I don't subscribe to the network right now. I don't feel like seeing the Undertaker lose to John Cena, which I think is going to happen. So I don't think I'm going to watch the show. If mm. there's like, if there's like rave reviews for Shinsuke and AJ, I'll go back and watch it, but it's got to be pretty rave reviews. Cause I've already seen their match in Japan. Come on. You really think that Cena's going to go over? Yeah. I think they give Taker his one last big win. I think that's why John's doing it. I think John was even the one who said like, come on guys, let's just bring Mark out one more time and let's fucking put him over the way we should have done it in the first place. I think I think that they're gonna give you the better version of of that other thing. Like using Taker for Roman in the first place was just a bad idea, uh, and like Roman's not a bad guy. Like uh, he's one of the boys. Everybody loves him in the back. He's out there working hard. His matches have definitely gotten better. I don't I don't hate on Roman. I hate on the fact that they're trying to push him down the fans' throats in a way that just doesn't make sense. They haven't made him into this really cool superhero goody two shoes character that little kids can get behind. They haven't made him into a badass villain that, you know, Gen Xers like me are going to get behind. Yeah. They just, they haven't ever made him into anything. The most compelling he is, is when he's shooting on people, but he's actually such a nice guy that it's hard to believe him shooting on people because they're only the work shoots anyway. And, you know, and when he's with the shield, because yeah. it's kind of this nostalgic thing for this gimmick that, was okay in the first place but again i didn't watch much wwe back then anyway so i could yes, care less you, dude you miss you miss their their little mini feud with the wyatt family which is probably like the best thing wwe's done in the past like 10 years no see i went back and watched a lot of that because i heard that and and i liked that stuff a lot i mean but out of that whole thing you know who really stood out to me was bray wyatt yeah. oh look Stop who just motherfuckers hi thanks for showing up hey hey <laughs> This is interesting. Bray Wyatt is super interesting. Dude, you look you look like a fucked up scarecrow. What's going on? Here's what's going on. I've been doing some investigative journalism as you a podcast. Drinking. No, right? dude, he's talking about straight up Bobby Heenan investigating. Why am I Wyatt. echoing? Are you guys listening to the podcast? Why? Oh, hold on. No, you are. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm the one watching it. I solved the problem. Say First hi of to all, the chat, dude. We got way more people in there than usual. Look, Kenny, Kenny O'Byron has clearly been drinking. Mr. Krabs, suck a dick. <laughs> Spell my name at least the third time right. All right? So, like, hit podcast. I'm trying to figure out how to make us a hit. Like, S-Town, investigative and, like, murder and things, you know? So, I'm doing investigative journalism tonight. And I found out that there's this guy I met a long time ago in 
Kearney, Nebraska. Let's just say his name is Eric, but it's not Eric we know. I'm not going to give his full name. That's too much. He uh, has had some uh, humorous but tragic life situations where um, he and his wife are getting separated. Um, also, the whole town is up with his wife, but he's trying to like patch things up. But then guys that were sleeping with his wife were commenting on his Facebook page and he oh, wouldn't delete it. It's crazy stuff, right? <laughs> All this stuff happens and it culminates in an argument where he and his wife get arrested and they lose custody of their children, right? This is bad. You feel sorry for him. But Facebook post number one says, looks like 2018, I will spend uh, most of my time in court, parentheses, divorce, child custody, criminal. They're like, oh, he's wow, dead. this guy has a lot he's on dead. his plate. Dead and then the next dead. Facebook post, he says, I am announcing that I'm running for city council. What? what? How do you get from A to B? Now, I follow his Facebook uh, city council page, and it's fascinating. And so my friends and I, we email him sometimes. We're like, what is going on? We like to know what you, where you stand on certain issues. One of my friends, so one of the issues that we are very concerned about for Kearney, Nebraska, is the issue of pedos running around. All nonces? Cats. You mean nonces? Nonce. Yes, it's a nonce. Like chicken horrible villains. Chicken town. And we're asking this guy because he says he wants to fight for a change. And uh, we're asking him, what are you going to do about the rampant pedos villains in Kearney, Nebraska? And then he he, he wants to fight for spare change. I don't know what that means, but I agree with it. And then he replies, I don't have a platform but I'm going to figure one out. And then he did, uh, he did a press release. The press release basically for his political campaign clarified that even though his wife is telling people they're divorced, they're still legally separated until the divorce is legal. That's his only solid political campaign. So, uh, you know, uh, platform so far, um, he said, uh, I'm going to figure stuff out. I have a town hall Q and a coming up where I could talk to the people and figure out what they need and I'm gonna do what they need. So we watched this Facebook live video. It was the greatest mouth breathing video of all time. He opens it by saying, I've been getting a lot of emails, one um, of uh, concern about sexual predators, but that's not really, I can't do anything. That's for, uh, that's for like the state to deal with. I'm not gonna deal with that. And then he went on, this guy is soft, on pedophiles and we're trying to figure out why and then wait is this why you were late today is this all an explanation of why you were late i'm investigating this tonight tonight i go to the local (laughs) Kearney newspaper online (laughs) and i put in his last name this guy he soft the pedophiles which is one thing but you want to know why there there's something deeper to this. So then I put in his last name into the newspaper and guess what? One headline says um, his name uh, is doing a town hall Q and a three other headlines are about this guy who was suspected of child pornography. This guy who hey, hey, Cobain, like Cobain, can you sing us a couple bars of heart shape? Heart shape. What? 
This guy uh, goes to court. Like there's like three other articles about this guy who got suspected, went to court, and then got sentenced to prison for child pornography. Same last name. And then my fr- and my friend and I, who is doing the investigative journalism, mean with me, we see the name and we go, "That looks familiar. That looks like the name of this guy's dad." Oh shit, son! So he's. He's going to clear out all the pedophiles so his dad doesn't have any competition. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. This guy's soft on pedophiles. You want to be hard on pedophiles, and he's soft. And so this guy's dad got convicted, pleaded no contest to child pornography. Can I ask you, what what situation in life where would you – agree to like agreeing to like plead for child pornography what what would that be the best case scenario how about if you were originally going to be convicted of felony incest you plead that down to child pornography you you don't like nonces this guy take it away allegedly in the court of law had pleaded from uh pleaded down from felony incest to child pornography and he went to prison and all of that and basically why is eric so-and-so soft on pedophiles in kearney nebraska because his dad is a pedophile solved it five stars (laughs) so anyway we were at number seven on my top 10 favorite luchadors list doesn't Um, even matter we already figured it out Cool. So in closing, Byron has a hard on for pedophiles. You said that's what you said, right? Investigative journalism. We're going to get one of those S town awards. Um, next week we'll talk about clocks. Fuck okay. yeah. Clocks are awesome, dude. Like cuckoo clocks. Like, you know, the one on the monsters. Wait, I, so, I so how, how did, how did we get from Daniel Bryant to pedophiles? I'm, I'm a little, want, I'm I don't, lost. Want, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to get into that. That's Hey, Okay, Byron, Byron, while you're all fired up, look, we got to oh, get to... wait, we gotta, wait, sorry. We there's, get to a, there's, a here. there's a question in the okay. chat that just Robert... So speaking of pedophiles, I don't know why DJ hates me so much. We, we talked about that a little bit. We'll get, we'll get <laughs> we to did. that. But in the chat, someone said, does Robert Rodriguez listen to this podcast? And yes, he's in the chat right now. Uh, his Captain name... His, no, his name is Zeus King. And he is in the chat right now. Talk to him about your movie ideas, Mr. Krabs. There you go. <laughs> I think Robert only listens to this podcast when Eric Van Wagner has come on and said things that everyone doesn't know about Lucha Underground, including Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, I, I usually tell everyone that Robert Rodriguez is um, the person posting in the chat as Lucha Underground right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let those two both be. Um, Robert Rodriguez right now. I'm pretty um, sure that's actually Mil Machetes. Oh, I mean, it is does the picture give it away? I don't know. I don't okay, know. well, since we're talking about Rodriguez, by the way, I, I want to address the, something that's been going around. Like, I, I keep hearing from several people that they think Lucha Underground is going to get a, a super quick pickup and be back in like, and I'm talking like weeks. And I've heard this from talent too. I've heard this from fans, talent, from people involved in the show. Here's the thing. The only person, not even Robert Rodriguez right now, would be able to tell you when Lucha Underground is coming back. The guy's name is Daniel Tibbetts. 
He's the guy that was making that decision, period. You've seen him at the Lucha Underground tapings if you were there, season four. He's the guy wearing the El Rey hat. He's the president of the network. It's up to him. And I'm here to tell you, there's absolutely not a snowball's chance in a hot, fiery hell that he is going to spend that network's money until he at least sees a few more episodes cut. Like, this shit is not coming back in two weeks. It's not coming back overnight. Like, and I heard major talent at Lucha Underground telling me this shit, too. Like, no, absolutely not. That is just not the way that regular programmed television works. Lucha Underground has every likelihood in the world of coming back. The network really loves the show from everything that I can tell, from everything that anyone can tell. Daniel Tibbetts likes it. Rodriguez is happy. Skip's happy. They're the main guys over at El Rey. They also have some parent investors through Univision or whoever who seem pretty happy. Those guys will sign the money, but the way television works is you have a budget for the year. You buy your TV shows. You decide how much money you're going to spend per episode for those shows just for production. Then you put some money into the promotional budget. Budget. The problem with this quick pickup that everyone thinks Lucha Underground is going to get is the fact that the money has to be allocated. And if the budget for the rest of 2018 is already spent, then they have to wait for a fresh budget in 2019. They may still have money on the budget for 2018, but the other smart thing to do would be to wait until a few episodes air, make sure that the numbers hold, and then renew the show. It is very, very unlikely that a show gets picked up ahead of time before it even airs for the season. Now it happens every now and then some episodes get turned into a network and they're like, yes, that is the direction of this network. We love what we're seeing from these episodes. We want to buy more right now. We want to get out in front of it in the public eye. But those are like the biggest shows on like HBO and NBC, like the biggest, biggest shows you can think of. And as much as I'm a Lucha Underground, Mark, and as much as there are people out there that love Lucha Underground, it is not that huge a show. There's absolutely no reason for them to give another season of Lucha Underground a green light until they're comfortable with spending the money. Yeah, and if you guys disagree with this, I want you to talk to Daniel Tibbetts right now. He is in the chat as zero cool six six six. I I was actually standing next to Daniel Tibbetts during Ultima Lucha, and I would say not the main event, but the semi main. There's this one specific spot. I don't want to ruin it, but it happened, and it was insane. And he turns to me and he goes, "I'm gonna green like this. Don't tell anyone." But I'm telling you. <laughs> First of all, but don't, you all, don't tell anyone. First of all, fake news. Because Daniel Tibbetts mm. gave up his seat at Ultima Lucha and stood up in the standing room for a while. And then he went back to Gorilla and watched the rest of the show from back there. He high fived me specifically. And then he asked me if I had a towel to wipe blood off of his arm. Um, and then you're like, I let me use no, it. No. And you gave him a fucking cat bath instead. I will say this though, he was he was at Lucha Underground quite a bit for the tapings cool. this season, which is really really cool. Um, we saw him a lot more this year than season three or any previous season, uh, and he seemed to uh, be enjoying himself quite a bit. Though I wasn't really looking at him during most of the matches, like Byron was. Um, yeah, but like the other seasons, like, he was only there like a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, he would just show up maybe opening weekend, maybe Ultima Lucha. Didn't see him too much in between. Or he 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 came the weekend uh, Rodriguez's band played. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There were a yeah. lot of execs there that week. 
And people always think, you know, El Rey is Rodriguez, but he's the creative visionary behind it. He has hired Tibbetts to make the business decisions. I mean, that's the guy that makes those decisions. Now, don't get me wrong. Robert could always use his influence to say, no, let's not do this and that and the other thing. But why hire the guy if you're just going to override his power and his decisions? I mean, the guy is there to do that work. He's the guy. He's the guy at the network that will fight the fights with their parent companies and their money guys and with Robert and Skip and whoever else on the creative side to make the right business decisions. And Lucha Underground coming back is not a decision about whether anybody likes it or not. Everybody at the network has always loved the show. It's absolutely 100% a budget decision. It get, it's a TV money decision. That's how decisions get made, people. Do you think right. the accountants get the show? Do you think they like it or do you think it's too weird? Like, do you think like seriously asking a dragon that breathes fire? Do you think an accountant at El Rey is going to be like, I get that. I yes. mean, do you think the accountants at Fox liked Glee? No, but you say everyone at El Rey likes it or everyone at something. I wasn't listening to all the words, but <laughs> I there mean, has to be someone who's like, I don't know. This guy travels through time. But yeah, but those guys are also the people that are probably not watching the show or paying any attention to that. But it's just, you know, when they vote, I'm sure like at least one janitor's like, maybe not on on Lucha Underground. Yeah, maybe, so, but what else do they have? I mean what don't, what they'll get outvoted for by a lot, I'm sure. But what is the flagship show of the product right now? When you think El Rey Network, what is the flagship product of the network right now? Haircuts. Now Fucking that right. Up. Fucking but cutting haircuts. through. Cutting crew, never forget haircut, click, son, snip, snip, motherfucker. For life. Wait, does snip, I, snip. did I do it like Virgil? Is it for life? Oh, you did it like I, I think I don't the things do it like Vincent. Look, I think the things that El Rey Network is most identified for are that show that Robert did with all the cool directors. I don't even know the name of it. Right? Uh, anything with Danny Trejo. I think Danny Trejo is a very recognizable talent to the network and they should keep follow finding projects for him. Uh, uh, appearing at Monster Palooza in two weeks, along with me, who's going to Monster Palooza. And I love I love Danny Trejo. He, he's a big uh, uh, animal rights activist for dogs and whatnot. And I, I'm, I'm behind him 100 percent. He's also old as shit, though, so they better tr crank out some more projects for him before he opens more donut shops and decides to retire altogether. Um, so, yeah, Danny Trejo, and I think Lucha Underground is right on that list. I think it's a very identifiable product because of a question. the social media presence that it has as well. It's a show that actually gets <laughs> talked about in the greater hemisphere of entertainment, whereas other... I'll get to you. It's you on topic. Hand, you can put your hand down. It's I'll, on topic. I know. I'll get to you in a second. I'm just going to finish my sentence. How did you know? <laughs> and uh, so I think that Lucha Underground is one of those. And then and then I think El Rey is also known for a random smattering of Knight Rider and Ninja movies. And at one point, I, th I would say Dust Till Dawn, but Dust Till Dawn has uh, gone the way of the Dodo and is gone now. So, yeah, I forget. you know why? Because they canceled the fucking haircut show. So they deserve to have their flagship show taken away. Cutting cutting crew has been gone since like digging underground was gone. It's been gone. Cutting forever. crew is one of the best shows on El Rey. I don't, I, I don't running know a marathon. what the fuck is digging underground. First of all. And second, so, what is Byron's question? Cause I'm dying. Byron, Byron can answer both of these things. Uh, first of all, cutting crew and it's digging underground, underground are more linked than you would like to believe because but they're both dead we need to understand first is how come 
there was a Lucha Underground taco truck, and there's a Danny Trejo's taco shop, but they're not the same. I, I have a question for you, Byron. Why is it that Danny Trejo and me are going to be at Monster Palooza at the same time, yet neither of us were at the temple during season four? You weren't that at the it. temple because they outlawed you for unspecified Wait, reasons. First of all, that's a spoiler. Nobody knows that Casey wasn't at the temple who wasn't at the temple. You can't say that. That's a spoiler. I know people are expecting him to temple. be on season four. They're expecting that he was recast in his previous role. And you can't say that he's not going to be there because that's giving him a spoiler. You're going to get us all banned from the temple, guys. Oh, Casey I, was, I, I don't he was care in the library reading books like a nerd the whole time. Yeah, I was, but you know what? I don't care if you guys get banned because I was doing homework. In fact, I think that it's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah. Why aren't we buying Denny Trejo tacos at intermission? Dude, he's got a donut shop, too. Where the fuck are the donuts at? I'd buy the fuck out of a donut. First of all, let's, oh, yeah, let's, go with, let's go with Casey's plan because... The taco guy at Lucha Underground is awesome. So let's not cost him any business. Let's just have Danny roll up next to him with the donut truck also. Fucking donuts. It's always the right time for donuts, man. They open the Dunkin' Donuts next to CSUN. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful that it's there. America, first of all, America stands for two things. One, anti-pedos. Two, America runs on Dunkin'. Well, first of all, Zeus, I never said that Casey wasn't going to be there. I simply posed the question, where is Casey? The answer to that question could, in fact, be at the temple. I never said that Casey wasn't there. I just simply said, where is Casey? I, I just... I'm sorry that I signed an exclusive agreement with another wrestling promotion. I can't say which one yet. Um... Wait. You know, there's so many theories about everything in the world. And it's like Lucha Underground started, you know, enforcing the 12 and over rule. And then Casey stopped showing up. Yeah, well, shit happens. Chicken wing. Justin, is Justin frozen for you too, Byron? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm doing a lot of investigative journalism and I'm uncovering a lot of things. Yeah, but did did Justin get the plug pulled on him? Is that what happened? I haven't investigated that yet. But you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if the deep state saw that we were getting too close to the Kearney, Nebraska City Council election truth and tried to pull the plug on us. But they can't pull the plug on us. No, because we're I too mean, far I guess away. They, did. they got one of us. Yeah, but see, when you're in three locations, it's more work to find everyone. You know, it it is. was broadcasting from his place, so you know you can triangulate. So it's important to note that Eric M, who is running, he's one of six people running for city council in Kearney, Nebraska. Um, while he legally is not allowed anymore to take care of his own children, he wants to take care of the whole town of Kearney, Nebraska, including and- the children in the town. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, a lot of people will like, once you get into political power, you delegate to like friends and family. And I don't know. First of all, his dad has the same name and same age and perhaps same tendencies as a convicted child pornographer. Uh, That's just a fact. That's not an opinion. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
but don't let that you know sway you from the from the fact that Eric has not been arrested for arrested domestic assault third degree. He pleaded it down to disturbing the peace. His wife is still arrested for domestic domestic assault third degree. He's the victim of that. Um, but listen, when you vote for city council, keep an open mind. I oh, guess Byron, Byron, are there any what? wrestlers, wrestlers from Nebraska that we can get to run against this guy like Kane is running? I don't know if Kane is running against any pedophiles, but I will. I just I, I have good faith that he seems like a decent guy and he isn't mm -hmm. one and I'll vote for him. Um, mm -hmm. Can I vote for him in Florida? Uh, Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna write him in the ballot. Yeah, just write just write him in as Kane, not even like fucking Glenn Jacobs, so that Festus can win in his fake Kane costume. You know what's amazing? When you do a Facebook live video of your town hall Q and A, which by the way um, <laughs> is populated by one unlucky local news reporter and two a library employee that's holding a phone. That is broadcasting to Facebook Live. Um, it's amazing. Is this what happens every time I leave? Hey, hey Byron, were they holding the phone vertically? Oh, yeah, vertically. Yeah, figures. And somehow you can still hear this guy who isn't broadcasting himself. He's not doing selfie mode. Someone's holding a camera, <laughs> watching this guy drink coca-cola and being soft on pedophiles you could still hear him mouth breathe throughout the room like it travels it's not wow. like the camera guy is mouth breathing I, hear, I have to say that everyone knows that people that are cool with pedophiles drink pepsi instead of coca-cola oh wait no but jerry lawler loves coca-cola fuck oh. never mind. um okay for the record Aaron does not have pink eye he has pink sock there is a difference yes brown eye um, just to, just to answer the chat room's question, oh, um, Byron, you need to talk to us about New Japan. You need to talk to us no. about the Christy Joseph thing, but you okay. also need to wait. No, you also need to wait because okay, now, right now, no, Casey has got to talk to us about because Lucha Blog is never going to listen mm. to any more of the show than this. If Casey yeah. doesn't get to his top ten luchadors of all time, okay, I'm going to make this. Interactive. I just don't think it's the reason to make take this place to a vulgar thing and say pink sock. What? I, nobody said anything vulgar. I was just you talking about... Talk, okay. That's a little bit obscene. I was just talking about what was going on with your face. Interactivity, gentlemen. Okay, yes. chat room. Do you want me to start with Rudos or do you want me to start with Technicos? First, oh, first wait, you answer. haven't broken up between Rudos and Technicos? I kind of dig that. I'll explain, but uh, first person to say either one in the chat gets to decide how the show... Okay, hold on. So I, let, yeah. me do the, let me do Why the correct intro. Let me do the correct intro. Why don't you intro. let Mr. Krabs tell you what to do, Casey? Listen, That's smart. Listen, I, I got to do the correct intro. Literate. I got an intro voice and everything for this. This, this okay. It goes like this. Professor Casey's Top 10 Luchadors. All right. And Mil I feel like I need a pocket full of $1 bills after that intro. Do you know how many times that I've been practicing that? You know, seven. Next up on the stage in the front room, <laughs> Tiffany's Sings. <laughs> okay. Well, it's pretty much faces. coming to the side stage. It's chastity. Bono. <laughs> okay. 
So, so, um, Rudos, it's, Rudos, Rudos. It's Rudos by like a fucking landslide. Okay, so the way I did this list because um, Dustin from New York did not give me any kind of guidance of how he wanted this list. So I'm picking my 10 favorites, you know, since, you know, people that I actually have watched, it's not going to be one of those poser lists where I put El Santo on it when I've never seen one of his matches because the footage doesn't exist. Yes. The only footage, the only footage that exists of him is from movies, and those aren't real matches. El Santo, so, El Cardenario. Let's sing. I fucking love that song. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is Blue Demon, Evil Dog. I had to finish it. Um, Sorry, thank you. Appreciate so, it. Uh, yeah, so like this is this is people that I personally admire. I admire and kind of like my history of Lucha Libre. So it goes back. And Dustin, probably. if you're in the chat room too, I, I think I know you on Twitter and and other places by not your real name. So I don't know what your your handle is. So we're just calling you what you signed your your letter as, which was Dustin. Wait, who? Uh, Gold Dust, Dustin Rhodes. He wants Maybe. me. I know Gold Dust. Yeah. Rebecca, um, I, I did. I did, in fact, work in radio at one point in time. I was the the radio voice of such lovely commercials that started with things like "Sunday, Sunday, Sunday" live at the Richfield Coliseum. And I, Casey, I, how I, many yes. how many radio uh, college degrees does Justin have? Seventeen. Actually, true. Yes. Uh, okay. So 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 so. All right, so this list is just favorites of mine since I've been watching Lucha, which is, you know, early to mid-90s. Um, but, you know, some of the people go back a little farther than that career-wise. and But this is all people that I've seen and I've personally enjoyed. So for Rudos, everyone knows Penta L0M, fucking Pentagon Jr. is my favorite wrestler. I want to start with him because the rest of the list, a lot of it is people that have influenced him in one way or another. So, so, but let me ask you about Pentagon. Sure. Is he always uh, real? No, I mean, but know the character. Go ahead. That's okay. So that's something I didn't explain. I'm looking at Rudo and Technico more as a style than an actual alignment. Okay, I, I get uh, that. In the purposes of the list, so you know he's pretty likely to kick somebody in the dick, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. You know what I mean? So you know he does what he needs to do to get the job done. But, uh, I mean, most people wouldn't be watching or listening to the show right now if they didn't know who he is. So I don't feel like I have to elaborate on him as much as some of the others. But he's my favorite wrestler right now. I had to put him in the list. So he is one of my top five Rudos. Okay, so uh, uh, I want to ask you a question about this because, mm -hmm. you know, I knew who Pentagon was. I had seen a few matches uh, of his where he was like feuding with Australian suicide or whoever in the, the low level mid card of triple up, made him his bitch repeatedly, like just constantly. <laughs> it was great. Right. So, I mean, what, what was your exposure? Because you know, this day and age, everyone knows who Pentagon is. And I, I it really does have a lot to do with the arm breaking gimmick in Lucha underground. So, I really feel like Skip Chasen is the guy that Lucha or that Pentagon really owes a big high five to out of, of every American booker out there. I think Skip Chasen probably deserves the most <laughs> if that's where, in fact, that gimmick came from or DJ or Roach or whoever it came or, from. Or the movie Bloodsport. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, well, basically, Tong Po is what I'm saying. But but well, what what, what, what was your well, that's kickboxer? He's basically I'm sorry. He's actually Chong Li from Chong uh, Li. Uh, yeah from Bloodsport. So, but my real question for you, Casey, is so what was your exposure to Pentagon before Lucha Underground? Because I know when I first showed up at Lucha Underground. I knew who he was, but I was expecting, you know, big things out of Drago and Aerostar and some of these other luchadors that, and, and even Blue Demon that I was more familiar what with. What about Blue Demon Jr.? Jr., Jr. I meant to say Jr. Yeah. The old guy, I don't he's, know. He's not, on my, he's not on my list. Um, but, but, I mean, uh, what, 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 what was your thoughts about Pentagon pre-Lucha Underground? Well, uh, I liked him. Uh, I There was kind of like a big thing uh, where... There was an Octagon Junior, and there was a Pentagon Junior, and they were feuding. And Octagon, this isn't Flamita Octagon Junior. This is Samurai Del Sol Octagon Junior, who oh. pretty much immediately left after a couple months in the role and became Callisto in the WWE um, because he's afraid of Pentagon. Clearly, and um, Pentagon stayed. And the more he did, like the more people started talking and they're like, dude, you got to see some of his indie work. And it was probably Rob Viper or, uh, or Lucha blog that linked me to his, uh, his match against Aries on the indies and, um, not talking Austin Aries, dude's name's just Aries. And it's an extreme match, you know, like fucking light tubes and blood and guts and all that kind of shit. But it's a fucking dope match. Like it's probably still on YouTube. Look it up. Um, they've wrestled multiple times since then, um, but and they've all been good. Uh, so you can't really miss if you look that up. But yeah, he's uh, he's uh, my favorite wrestler because he reminds me a lot of my next wrestler on my list too, who's no longer with us. Okay, so so hit us with who's next. Who's next on the list then? The next uh, the next person on my list is Abismo Negro who is not only probably my favorite Rudo of all time, but uh, he's the guy that got me watching Lucha Libre. So wait, can I say number nine, Abismo Negro? I, I mean, really? No, nah, he's more like, uh, there's no specific there's no order. order to it. So next dog be number one, Abismo Negro. Yeah, because you know what? I tuned in. Uh, I saw some Lucha on the Spanish channel, right? Some A cage match going on. And it was Abismo Negro and uh, Pentagon Black, not to be confused with Pentagon Dark. Completely different dude. Uh, and they were wrestling these two brothers that were uh, soap opera stars in Mexico, right? And uh, these brothers, like, they brought in a huge, huge, huge female crowd because they were like these twin pretty boys, right? And they fucking... Um, they had a pretty good match in the cage, but... Eventually, Abismo Negro went a little crazy, and uh, you know this is back when pile drivers were like the death move in Mexico. They're banned in New Orleans. You can't do them during WrestleMania. Yeah, we we did a whole bit on that, Byron. Uh, I was there. They uh, he pile drove the guy, uh, and as he was lying paralyzed, and the women in the audience were crying, and they were trying to get the guy medical attention. He picked him up and he pile drove him again on a fucking chair. He did a jumping, like spinning tombstone, like he was fucking Zangief. It's amazing. And he was so fucking evil that his own partner turned on him for being too much of a Rudo. Like fucking crazy. It was awesome. 
And then like he started doing cool shit. So like, you know, he trained Aerostar. He's the reason Aerostar brings the fire can into the ring because <laughs> Negro did it. Um, but Aerostar, by the way. Abismo Negro once tried to kill Antonio Pena with the fireball. And they did this whole backstage skit where like he shot a fireball at him and he ducked and it hit a stage hand that was just magically dressed head to toe and coveralls that caught on fire and did like a burn stunt. It was oh, fucking amazing. So oh, like, you know, cool. he was, he was one of the coolest members of Los Vipers. Um, after, oh, after he it. killed the pretty boy with a pile driver in the cage, he started to call himself, uh, El Rey de los Martinetes, the fucking king of pile drivers. And, uh, he would, you know, he'd bring some fire into the ring. Unfortunately, the guy had a lot of personal problems that led to his death, which is just too what? bad because he was the fucking man. He was the fucking man. And he was one of the best Rudos I've ever seen. And what sucks is my Rudos list, everyone but Pentagon is dead. That's a little spoiler there. Wow. Okay. I just realized that right now. It's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Why would you do that? Why would maybe Finnegan do doesn't want to be on your list. Maybe he should uh, go Technico. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's pretty popular. He practically works Technico in Lucha Underground. I mean, he's a, he's a good guy. Nice, uh, nice Bailey slap wrap bracelet, Justin. Oh yeah, there you go. I'm a hugger. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> um, so. Number three on my list is someone that uh, Pentagon has said directly influenced him, and he's even got a tattoo of him, and that is uh, Paraguayo Jr. And uh, see, if you were if you were just watching like recent Paro, like up to you know kind of close to his death, you weren't getting the whole picture. Like the the Paro you need to watch is like early two thousands when he was headlining up against Mystico, right around the birth of Paro's Del Mall. Shit was golden, and he. Oh man! Now, like, see, I've was, only seen a little bit of that. Like, is there is there a por- part of that feud that you could point to that I should really check out? Because I did see a lot of his later stuff, and then uh, I I went back and watched some of the earlier stuff that I found on YouTube, but I never got like any chronology to it. It was all kind of random. Uh, I I'm pretty sure there's an Apuestas match in there. Hair versus mask. Watch that. Uh, Honestly, anything that's got like, if you can find singles matches, go for those because they're a little rarer. Um, because you know, CMLL likes the still use the trios format a lot and and build to the singles matches that way. Um, but yeah, I didn't pull specific matches here, but fuck man, he was uh, he was great, and it sucks because a lot of my friends that. I brought to Lucha Underground for the first time, like J Ray and his brother. Uh, Byron, were you there too? That it was it was when uh, when Pero died, like the day before the taping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was uh, that was the first weekend I came to Lucha Underground. Also, Justin too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there, yeah for the Tim Bell salute, uh, everyone was crying. It was it was horrible. Uh, fans yeah. and wrestlers did a tribute. I think. Uh, wait, was that the first time? I know I was there that weekend though because. There was there was talk that Ray might show up at Lucha Underground, and then that happened, and it was like, yeah, there's yeah. no way Ray's gonna come right. now, right? And it, you know that was just so fucking unfortunate that what happened, and you know it wasn't anyone's fault or anything like that, but it did take away. Like this dude was young too, man. Like he, you know, he wasn't even forty yet. I think he was like, you know, my age or Byron's age, and 
uh, been wrestling since he was like 16 or 17 years old on, which he did on WWE television, actually. Uh, yeah, but that faction too was like the attitude era coming to Mexican wrestling. I mean, he like he had that charisma and charm that was kind of setting Lucha Libre on fire. Yeah, and it's like, and he was always someone that they were really interested to bring into Lucha Underground. Like he would probably be there right now. Yeah, he'd probably have been. He probably would have gotten Penta's spot to tell you the truth. Or, or he, I think he would have gotten Tejano's spot. I think it would have eventually come to that. But it would have gone further than what they did with Tejano. Yeah, yeah, but man, he was great. His fucking double stomp is the shit, too. Like, everyone and their mother does that move now, but that's a move he got from his dad. True legend in Lucha, who I've only seen wrestle, like, later on in his career, but goddamn, the heat was unreal. Because I saw him wrestle Conan, and holy shit, man. That was uh, hair versus hair. That was fucking heat. That was uh, Mil Machete is saying uh, Pero was supposed to be at the temple that day or that he was supposed to be coming that weekend. That, you know, I've heard that before, too. I'd believe that because I know that there was there there was talk of a lot of guys coming in that weekend. And that was supposed to be kind of the big triple A push up in Lucha Underground was supposed to start right then. And uh, I want to include Pero on the list now um, since we started with the Rudos, because I think I think he's a big part of why. His big opponent at the time is on my top technicos of all time because a lot of people aren't going to get his inclusion until I talk about it. But we still got a couple more Rudos to talk about. All right, who else you got? Who else you got? I got Grand Apache, man. Grand Apache! Fucking dude, he's great. Uh, He's Not only was he like a, a, a trainer of countless AAA stars and had a hand in pretty much everyone we've liked, um... He really, really was a great Rudo and evidence best in his feud with Billy Boy, which I've talked about on the show a little bit. So basically, long story short, feud with Billy Boy was Billy Boy was this guy that started off as one of the Spice Boys and then one of the Barrio Boys. Right. So he's like a guy with gimmicks created by a really old gay dude to appeal to a female audience. And uh, (laughs) which which is just saying, just saying like the truth. Right. And absolutely. uh, And Billy boy and Fabby were together in real life. So they made it into an angle where like they start dating on TV and Grand Apache's like, I don't want this little bitch dating my daughter, this little pretty boy. Why don't you date a Rudo? Why don't you date a real man? Which is fucking great. And uh, it, you know, Fabby and Billy Boy get married and have a baby. And there's this whole segment where Grand Apache kidnaps the baby by distracting them at the birthday party by throwing toys. And then they go to pick it up and he steals the baby and runs out the door. Fucking amazing. And uh, it led to this great Apuestas match between Billy Boy and Grand Apache. Tons of blood. Um, if you Actually, if you go to the Lucha Wiki right now and look up Billy Boy's page, you'll see a picture of him covered in blood and fabi apache kissing their baby like in the middle of the ring after that match which is just a tremendous picture uh so yeah like he's one of those guys that he could he was just amazing in the ring but like didn't get enough love for it 
out like as far as fans go i don't think like people respect him but i don't think they realize all the time how many of the people on the roster he trained which it's like a who's who list it's too many to mention and um i think being a great trainer and giving back is something really cool that uh he did as well and you know grand apache's no longer with us we lost him really recently and it sucked because that dude's amazing and the lucha world is at uh, it's the lucha world's loss that we don't have this guy training people and being an agent anymore and i think we may have lost justin for a moment so i'm just going to move on with the list i cheated on this one byron who's next who you got oh, next okay. i want to know who is next because that's what the people are asking uh, that's what bill goldberg is asking as well. well first of all though so grand apache you talked about a lot of him in the ring, but you didn't say anything about him backstage. I mean, he was he was a fucking trainer that like let's see Drago uh you know, definitely Billy Boy. He was he was basically the head of Triple A's like development, like their school. And uh you know, he's got two daughters that are awesome wrestlers. He didn't have a son. And uh, he, made, he made them into some uh, pretty tough ladies. Just saying, <laughs> you know, between him and the time they spent in Japan, they're tough ladies and they'll fuck you up if they don't like you. And like I've said multiple times, they don't like anybody. They don't have to. <laughs> no, nah, they, they really don't. They really don't. But uh, all right. So who you got next? Who's next? I cheated, Justin. I cheated because I can't include one without the other. So. Uh -oh. My number five is Los Gringos Locos, Eddie Guerrero, and Art Bar. I want to give Los Gringos Locos. I want to give an honorable Los mention. Los Gringos Locos. Because it eventually became a stable, right? And right. we got guys like Conan in there. We got guys like. Hmm? What's up? I'm going to say two things. One, sure. Viva La Guerreros. Two, why am I still blocked on Twitter, Chavo? I don't this know. is how you get blocked. You say things like Viva La Guerreros. Like what <laughs> La Guerreros, he said. Remember? I that. know. Yeah. Los. Okay, so Los okay. Guerreros. Mm. <laughs> now mm. all I want you guys to do, if you both things you've all, you've all seen Eddie work, right? There's no one in the chat that hasn't seen Eddie. What sucks is like Art Bar, like a lot of people probably only know him as the juicer in WCW, which was like he had a Beetlejuice gimmick. It's kind of weird. He was ghost. And then um, they kicked him off the roster because he may have had some stats charges out on him. But oh, uh, bringing it back to pedos. Yeah. Yeah. So he had he had his That's share tonight. He had his share of personal problems, but he was, these guys were like a great tag team. So much heat. They eventually became a stable. So you had Conan in there. You had uh, Louis Spicoli in there and his name was Madonna's boyfriend. And uh, you had Black Cat, uh, who was an agent for New Japan. Um, and someone that a lot of people really loved that's no longer with us as well. But um, yeah, these guys got unreal heat. Uh, the easiest one for you guys to find, because I think it might even be on the WWE Network, is the When's World When Worlds Collide pay-per-view. Uh, I think that's on the network. If not, you can find it on YouTube. Just watch uh, Los Gringos Locos 
versus El Santo and Octagon be a Puestas match because it's fucking amazing. And even Octagon looks good in that match. And that I think it's definitely hard. on YouTube, by the way, because I've watched that on YouTube. Yeah, I think like yeah. a really good version might be on the network, though, if it's on there. Uh, if it's just YouTube, it's a good version. Watch it. But yeah, because it's like one of those things that I've watched so many times. I don't remember where I saw it. I think it was I, I think they even had it on like the Eddie Guerrero best of DVD of WW, the WWE did. So um, but yeah, check them out, dude. Uh, what sucks is it was a period where it's like not all that easy to find footage sometimes. But the stuff you can find is really, really good. And uh, it had unreal heat. So you're like watching the show and you're just like, man, if these guys were to go over, the crowd would just fucking murder them. Like it was, <laughs> it was insane. And um, yeah, they weren't, they weren't going to win. It, see, that's the thing though. They were such a, such a team. They were also called like the pair of terror that people bought them is possibly being able to take Santo Jr.'s mask, you know? Hijo del Santo, you, you, dude's not going to lose his mask, but they were so believable and they had so much heat that people took them as like a serious threat because that's a problem that Santo has. Like if he's in a mask match, everyone's like, yeah, all right, we know what's going to happen. But there, <laughs> maybe not. But you got you got to see the bad guys get their heads shaved. Uh, you know, Art was originally supposed to go to ECW also um, with Eddie, but he passed away like right before it happened. And... Um, so Eddie went by himself. Eddie became one of the greatest wrestlers you ever see. And one of my favorite wrestlers of all time of any style. But yeah, so uh, that's my Rudos list. Uh, I've got a technical list as well. Uh, Justin's frozen right now. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be my technical list. Uh, Byron, I think he, I think you've, uh, you, you might've heard of my first guy on the list. Uh, why uh, is that because of what I've been investigative journalism? Mean? No, no. Uh, is it Jerry Lawler? No, it's a technico Lucha. Think, think. Dude, Who what would do I you put? think Jerry Lawler did when he was 20 years old? Did he date like pregnant woman? Yeah. Just, he hung out at abortion clinics near the trash can. Just kind yeah. of. <laughs> man, I'm really, I'm really ruining my technical list with your pedophile Listen, talk. Technical, first of all, what is it? Um, is it uh, Ray Mysterio Jr.? Is it the mini Ray? No. You know, it's. it's I got a question. I love yeah. Ray, and first of all, Ray, please don't block me. But you know all things lucha. Can you tell me the actual height difference between Mini Ray and Ray Jr.? Uh, it was actually a lot because Mini Ray was um, fuck, Tom? fuck. I'm forgetting which which dude. No, he was one of the like really really small guys. Like I want to say he was one of the masqueritas, but I'm probably wrong. Um, no, I saw him in a picture recently on on the internet. Um, yeah, I mean, I've 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 got that picture somewhere. I got it. Here's another question: Would sure. you say? That the that Ray, there's Ray Mysterio and Ray Mysterio Mini is actually Aerostar since he was doing the six one nine and that springboard splash the exact same Ray moves until Ray showed up. I I think they're actually the same height. Aerostar despite, is Ray 
many. Despite despite billing them at different heights, I think they're the same height. But no, Ray, um, look, like you guys have all seen Ray in WWE and you guys have seen him in Lucha Underground and all that stuff. Yeah. But go go check out his pre-WCW stuff. I know back before Mass Republic was really completely Mass Republic, uh, Big Vision Entertainment did some uh, DVD sets. Uh, there's one of Ray that's just his matches, you know, like before WCW and ECW. Go back and watch those ECW matches too. Oh, Ray Psychosis. I mean, everyone talks about that one, but they do it for a reason. Yeah, and it, it's fucking amazing. And it's it's crazy because like they lost uh, Eddie and Benoit and Malenko and Jericho like all around the same time. So they're like, we're going to bring in some luchadors now. We're gonna we're gonna still have some awesome action, and they did that, and then WCW stole all of them too. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's uh it's actually yeah. pretty cool if you went back to watch that Super J Cup with uh, Benoit, Eddie, um, is Sasuke in that one? I think he is. Oh shit! They all run together for me, honestly. But it's a it's a great one. Um, Jericho, I believe. I think Malenko's in it. Like I think all of those guys are. Uh, in Zeus it. King's talking about Ray versus Heavy Metal. Yeah, that's a fucking awesome match. Uh, heavy Metal. Like I'm always a fan of Heavy Metal. Like he seems like weird, but um, he's not on the list. But someone he knows is. Uh, let's see. Okay, so. Sorry, my connection's a little crappy today. It keeps dropping out. I, so there's a match. The next one yet? Yeah, Rey Mysterio Jr. for Technicos. Did Justin. you finish all your Rudos? So who's all your Rudos? Give me the rundown of Rudos again. Rudos is Pentagon, uh, Abismo Negro, Paraguayo Jr., Gran Apache, and Los Gringos Logos. All right, so Technicos. So Rey Mysterio, I've talked up uh, people, and yeah... Mil Machetes is talking about Ray versus Eddie at Halloween Havoc, which is my favorite wrestling match of all time, all my life, and no one has ever beat it. That's the one where Ray dresses like the Phantom. Yeah, which is an amazing match. I mean, it, you, you just... The impact of Ray Mysterio, period, across wrestling, I think people discount. And, and the fact that he's even still out there, it almost would be better if he was completely retired. I don't know. Because, you know, even looking at that early ECW stuff, like when I got into ECW, Rey Mysterio masks were flying off the shelves. Yeah. There was yeah. a whole lot of Byrons back then that were spending obnoxious amounts of money on masks already in America. Did you know that Justin used to go to ECW shows? Did you know? Yeah. Have you no, known? I knew that. It's weird. You know, but, I mean, it started early, and then and then I hear the stuff like you know Shane Strickland was doing that interview on on Keeping It One Hundred and said that that was his main influence of getting into wrestling. Like, really? Yeah, it's it's funny because I remember this story uh, from that time period where this guy wore like a Jersey Devils jersey to the show, and Psychosis saw it and wanted it, so he traded him one of his ring worn mask for a fucking Jersey Devils jersey so he could have it and i'm like dude that guy has like one of the most historic psychosis masks and psychosis was just sick back then too i yeah. mean those guys were ridiculous and and it's funny because i wonder now if i was to watch those matches if i would even think you know with all the spot monkey shit that's out there if i would even think that they were as crazy as i thought they were back then but back then it seemed like they were insane people i mean they were doing something 
completely the opposite of everyone in wrestling. All the moves went to a different direction, even like everything happened from the left side and the crossover, like all the chain wrestling was different. Even the simple stuff completely blew my mind back then. You know, it's funny that you talk about wrestling on the other side of the body because um, that's a problem, I think, for the next person on my list. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to transition to Mr. Is it the drummer from Death Leopard? No, I'm... You guys get it? That was actually a good joke. Yeah, I I do. Um, But um, it's going to be Mystico. Mystico! Wait, Mystico? Whoa, whoa. Mystico made your list? You know, it's funny, because a lot of people are going to be like, wait, Mr. fucking Bachamania himself, the original Sin Cara, made my list? Yeah. Because I don't know what the fuck happened when he went to WWE, but it... I don't either. <laughs> it, it might as well not be the same guy. And I'm not talking about uh, the character change of who portrayed Sin Cara. I'm talking about, like, a lot of stuff happens when you move from Lucha to another promotion, including you working the other side of the body. But everyone says he trained to do that. Because he had worked Japan a couple times. Like, you know, he might have had to do that, but... Something happened where he wasn't as good when he moved, but goddamn, if you watched like early 2000s Mystico against Pero that I already talked about. Oh, that makes more sense while he's on the list now because that stuff is really good. And he was a huge draw and he's someone that shot up to the very top of the card in CMLL and you don't fucking do that. You stay in the undercard when you're young for a long fucking time. Pay your dues, damn it. Yeah, and he shot his way to the top, and he was doing, he was doing shit where he was wrestling three three times a night at like fifteen hundred dollars American a pop or more, seven days a week, and uh, maybe it was just that he was fucking tired by the time he got to WWE. Yeah, maybe. But the dude was making money, and um. He was a huge draw. He had great matches. It's not just against Pero. Watch his stuff against like Averno. Like, uh, oh man, Averno was great. And originally they were going to bring him into WWE too. And it just like never fucking happened. And uh, he would have been a great opponent for. But uh, realistically, do you think Averno would have been able to handle that locker room in WWE? I don't, I don't know that that would have worked. I don't know, dude. I think he's a. I think he's an all right. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he would be all right. Mystico, not so much, from what I've heard. But like I've heard, he's hard to deal with, and you know, might pull guns on people, um, <laughs> or his friends might pull guns on people backstage. But uh, yeah, uh, Texas te- Texan Spaniard uh, mentioned his Ultimo Guerrero matches. Who he's someone that was so close to making my Rudo list because. Ultimo Guerrero is the shit. Um, but yeah, um, Black Warrior was a good feud, but it kind of kind of got... I, I don't feel like it got the time it needed, but yeah, Mystico was great, and he's someone that everyone needs to check out and just kind of erase their memory of him in the WWE permanently. And, that sounds uh, valid. I mean, you, you know, look, a lot of people... They don't have great runs there and there's lots of reasons why that doesn't mean that they're not great performers there's a lot of performers that i wish would just get the hell out of there now because they're never going to get used right and they could be truly great talents somewhere else and for you know that kind of leads me to a guy that never went there and that's um my next choice which is Ijo del santo which 
Of course. Hijo del Santo. Homeboy is historically significant, right? And now you're watching him and you're kind of like, yeah, he's all right. Like, you know, because he's kind of old now. But when he was young, he was the shit. And there's still some footage out there. If you look up some of his matches, I feel like I feel like he's a guy that had he left Mexico more, which he didn't need to because he was making a fuck ton of money in Mexico. Why would you leave? Uh, hey, right name, right gimmick, right place. Right. Uh, but if he was like wrestling in Japan more, he would be one of those guys that people would be talking about more with Eddie and with Benoit and with Jericho as being like top of the game there. But, you know, he didn't leave so much because he didn't have to. Like he, you know, he worked in Japan, um, but, you know, and also he was very he was very into protecting his legacy and his character. So he tended to go to places where he had the most control with the promotion and the booking and all that. And he's had a lot of problems with promotions and how they use him. And he's always on the outs with somebody, him and triple a have this weird on again, off again relationship that we see happen quite a bit. It's off again right I've now. I've never heard of that happening with triple a. I don't know what you're talking about. Christy. Right. Right. And this guy, fuck man, you gotta see, you gotta see again. All you have to do is watch that match I told you to watch from when worlds collide. You'll see an illustration of him. And it, honestly, like I think that is a little late for like how good he was. Like I think a couple years before that, he was even better. But he is just great, and he deserves he deserves the stature that he ha- the stature he has right now because I don't think Blue Demon Blue Demon Junior does. Because um, he's not even really Blue Demon's son and just bought the gimmick. Um, <laughs> no, shh, Yeah, so Hijo del Santo, really Santo's son. Guys, here's some also to add on to what Casey said. Do you think I'm blocked on Twitter because I repeatedly talk about how the Chavo Blue Demon Jr. match was the only match I sat down for for Ultimate Lucha 1? I don't know, maybe. It had nothing to do with Chavo. Look, I actually know the answer to your query. I actually know what happened and why. Do you want to know the real answer, or do you just want to keep it a fun mystery for the show for all time? I have a really, I really there be no legitimate conversation. Yeah, yo soy Mexico. Listen, Chavo did great. Blue Demon Junior is Blue Demon Junior. I'm gonna sit down for Blue Demon Junior. No offense to Blue Demon Senior. But um, plus, Blue Demon Junior almost killed me once. So I just I doubt there's been a real conversation about my Twitter presence. But, sure, uh, yeah. Why why not? Why not? The, I'll bite. Why I was. At, I mean, it's not something you need to bite on. It's not that. It's not that impressive. I I'll mean, bite. you're never going to come on the show as long as you're on it. But it's not like any real heat. He doesn't like being in um, these giant thread chains on. Twitter where people are talking about nonsense that he's been tagged in. So there was one of those, and I think you were the first person to tag him, and I think he blocked a whole bunch of people after that because he doesn't want to be in stupid tag chains like Casey doesn't like to be in that shit either. Yeah, I don't, but I'll just say, don't fucking tag me in this shit, you morons. Like, I'll just come out and say it because Casey doesn't mince words. Um, But... uh, Hold on. I don't like that shit either. You do right. So you got you got had by by the Twitites. I got got. You, well, then you this got, is got, why you you got to be careful. You got to be careful tagging people. 
you I know. can't help it if Krabs tags me in some bullshit. No, you tagged Chavo, and then it went into this giant long thread of nonsense that ta- Chavo is tagged in every single fucking reply about you talking about, you know, your Kenny Omega hair with somebody. He wants to be a part of that shit, so he blocked your ass. I, okay, well, that's an explanation that I guess makes sense, except for the fact that like, I'm pretty sure you'll be the first person to corroborate that people don't reply to me on Twitter. No one gives a fuck what I tweet. Okay. I'm completely making the whole thing up, Byron. I have no idea why he's blocked you. I have never asked him. Oh, it's because yeah. I'm so anti-pedo and that ruffles feathers. I figured I would just give you a complex about your stupid long chains that you get involved in because then maybe you'd not include me in them. But I have no idea no, what you're That's like the, the guy in the fucking chat room with the word playlist and something else with letters without vowels. He does a lot of that stuff. I don't do that or stuff. Or maybe I'm completely telling the truth and now I'm backpedaling from it so that you still don't know, even though I actually told you. No, I mean, it could be true, but I'm not like. Uh, See, Chavo has milk uh, blocked too. Mil Machetes is blocked. That makes sense. You're a dick. All right. So wh- who's next? On I love Lucha. Oh, okay. Um, again, I want to say that I just want to remind everyone that I'm talking about Technico as a style and not necessarily an alignment because this person is one of Santo's greatest foes, but he wrestled Technico a lot and he's got kind of a technical style. One of the greatest technical wrestlers in Lucha Libre history, the great Negro Casas. Negro Casas. I'm not even going to rec- You know what? For him, I'm not recommending shit. I want you to search him and watch everything you fucking can. How about that? That's solid. Just, just find... Uh, fuck, man. He's great. Like, he comes from a family of great wrestlers, but he's the best one. He's super fast. That's why they call him Mr. 440. Because he runs, like, some kind of fucking run in 440. I don't know which one. I'm not a fucking runner. I don't know this shit. Do I look like I run? No, I don't. Look no. at this picture. You look like your body died five years ago and you haven't figured it out yet. You look like someone used you as a scarecrow five minutes ago. So yeah, listen, you can try to keep up with my wit, but you're not gonna you're not gonna um do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Negro Casas, he did have a great feud with Santo where he was the heel, where he's like, Look, man. We're both from great families here, but I'm from the best family, so fuck you. Which actually was um, the basis of uh, Eddie's feud with Santo also, um, but his was more like my dad carried your dad in their tag team. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, Negro Casas, dude, is, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he still wrestles, like, better than people 20 years younger than him. And he still wrestles like he did 20 years ago. Like he hasn't, I don't feel like the dude's lost a step. And um, I don't feel like he will be anytime soon. Cause you know, he's married, he's married to one, you know, a, a female wrestler. That's like probably half his age, you know, he's got to keep in shape. Good so, <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, he's just like a great, Great, great fucking wrestler. Just look him up. I don't care what time period you find. You're going to love his shit. It's great. And um, 
that actually like i have another wrestler like my next one on this list is like an oddball choice this is my last choice on the list and it's a weird choice and some people aren't gonna get it but like i know i know mass republic will get it because they signed him as one of their lucha legends so they know what's up yes so Who that is gonna be solar okay solar, solar. And like I don't know, I don't know how widespread Solar is because I rarely see people talk about Solar, right? Like he's fucking awesome though. Like he's one of the best. Okay, so like I was trying to decide because like it's between him and it's yeah, it's between him and Dos Caras Senior to who has the best like lucha submission style. <laughs> in Doesn't my Rob opinion. Viper talk about him a lot? He might. He might. I, I saw know. Rob Viper this past weekend. Um, actually, I shook his hand, said hi to Rob uh, at New Japan Strong Style Evolved. Oh, that's cool. Funny. But you know, I would say that show on its own was like a five star show. It's pretty good. Uh, I saw J Man. Um, Hold on, we'll get to that. We gotta finish Casey's list. I want to finish Casey's list. Yes, yeah, so I know, but I want to interrupt it. I know you do, but you'll get your time. Show up on time, motherfucker, because you actually I gotta go to sleep. I have to work tomorrow. Oh my god, do you really? That sucks. Yes, yeah, so Solar. I, you know, work is, is horrible, choice. and I have to go back and do more. Um, all right, Solar. List is done. Um, all right, so give me the recap. Casey's top ten luchadors of all times. The so, Rudos. Uh, the, the Rudos side, we have Pentagon, uh, Abismo Negro, Paraguayo Junior, Gran Apache, and Los Gringos Locos. The Technicos. We have Ray Junior. We have Mystico. We have Ijo Del Santo. We have Negro Casas, and we have Solar. Look up Solar. The reason he Solar. won. The reason he won is my favorite submission guy in lucha. Is because it looks more like he's fighting to get the submission holds on than Dos Caras does. Like his stuff looks a little more cooperative. All right, Byron. What? New Japan. What you about missed, it? You missed your New Japan segment earlier. I played your J Man clip. Yeah, you, people uh, loved it. J Man is the man. Did you see the young does in it? The we got the young does in the background. <laughs> the bung yucks. No, they were the young does. You can look them up on Twitter. Like a lot of pedophiles are like, you should do a B in the elite, but for like underage girls. Wow. You keep coming back to this, this, this nonsense. I thing. swear to God, it, it's interconnected, but it, it is. They are the young does. That's their fan cosplay. I think you're, you're seeing more conspiracies than Kevin Cross these days, who right now is probably destroying Matt Cross at Maverick Pro. Good. Oh, man. Good. I mean, can you I, mm -hmm. I look I like Matt Cross, but I don't see him beating Kevin Cross for the Maverick Pro title. I don't see that happening. I don't see Matt Cross going home on his own power after that match. But it is tonight, right? There's Mil Machetes in the chat room. That's tonight, isn't it? He is. Mil, will you let us know? Um but I will I, I mean I will say right like, now. I I will say though that like when a grown adult tweets at a young girl cosplaying as a wrestler asking her to put videos on the internet that su that's suspect Creepy. i didn't do a lot of investigative journalism for that you can already connect those dots on your own casey so um new like japan strong style evolved was awesome i would say um one of my favorite things about these shows i know a lot of guys like casey hate wrestling fans and oh it's you know, tomorrow wait that shows tomorrow sweet then i'm gonna go that's it tomorrow 
Oh, no, uh, oh, cross no, I, I, no, I caught up. I figured it out. Totally so, crossed uh, out. I'd say like one of my favorite things about these shows is getting to see fans like J man for the win. Uh, I saw, um, uh, friends from SOS, Russell talk. Um, uh, I don't know. I didn't see, um, some people that I knew were there. But I, I got to see a lot of people, and it's just a lot of fun. I'm not going to name names. Why did, why did Kevin Flynn have better seats than you? Kevin Flynn was ringside. I was concerned that Minoru Suzuki was going to fuck him up. Um, and Kevin Flynn, I think, nearly nearly um, fought Zack Sabre Jr., which he was. Uh, I wish he had. You know how I feel about uh, Zack Sabre Jr., ZSJ, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Uh, I just got, I just got distracted and I can't get into it. It's part of my deep state investigation, but, um, Ooh. wait, you, it got was pedo, you got pedos on your other screen. No, there's an, I'm investigating pedos, oh, okay. which I'm by sorry. the way, a little weird that me isn't here and now I'm uncovering pedos. Huh? Me is hanging out with us. Phoenix right now. Me is on assignment. <laughs> Just let me put that out there. I'm journalizing him. So, um, <laughs> so it was a great show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I loved, I mean, there's a bunch of multi-man matches, which is, you know, whatever, but I thought it was great because like, we didn't get to see a lot of guys like Taguchi, who is a creepy son of a bitch in his own right, but we didn't get to see a lot of guys. Suzuki wasn't around, um, at long in long beach the first time around, uh, at the G1 special last year. Wait, we now, got to see them all. And back to the more important really question of Kevin Flynn. Didn't he get to hang yeah. out at the dojo the day before and meet a bunch of people? Uh, I guess he did. Some people did. J-Man and I flew in on that Saturday, so we didn't make it down there. Okay. So basically, so, you're you're basically saying that Kevin Flynn is better than you. Well, he's the monster Kevin Flynn. I don't know how much more you want me to try and go up against that. I'm just trying to put the guy over if he deserves to be put over. So I'm asking you if Kevin Flynn deserves to be put over more than you. He deserves to be put. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was within arm's reach. I think of Minoru Suzuki. And last I checked, he's still alive. So did he in fact slap Zack Sabre Jr. in the back of the head? I don't know if he did. I know he definitely rose his middle finger and put it in Zack's face. Um, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. The match was to put him over, and it was amazing. I love heels. In, in a shoot fight between Kevin Flynn and Zack Sabre Jr., who wins? Zack Sabre Jr. Shut your mouth, you ugly whore. There's Listen. no possible way. You know why yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. wins? Because Kevin Flynn isn't friends with the great Minoru Suzuki. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate you guys. So he would come in and he'd hit all Kevin Flynn's young boys and beat them up. And Kevin Flynn's a nice guy. So he'd be like, dude, leave my young boys alone. And then Zack Sabre Jr. would roll him up and pin him. Distraction. And yes, Alexis, I agree. Solar versus Zack Sabre Jr. would be great. But now whenever he does those kind of dream matches, all he does is eats the young guy alive and doesn't let him get Zack Sabre Jr. shouldn't even be a wrestler. There's nothing credible about anything about his appearance or performance. It's, it's nonsense. Mm. It makes all of wrestling look fake. There's no way that guy could beat up anything or anyone. I'd be surprised if he could step on an ant and kill it. Mm. He is the We're doing a Lucha Libre podcast. We don't give a shit if the wrestling oh. is fake. 
Yeah, first of all, uh, I mean, based just, on the idea of a guy standing still while another guy takes five minutes to jump on him. Okay, but right. he just pushes it. He pushes it too far for me. There's just I can't. I cannot get behind. Zach no, Zach. I understand that, but he's also the epitome of what strong style really means and has meant throughout history. And what? this skinny British wanker is showing all these Japanese dudes what New Japan strong style is really all about. I love it when he beats. Um, Naito and he walks backstage and goes, who's tranquilo now, dickhead? You know, I love it. Like he'll put, he slips an octopus hold on like seamlessly, like in a matter of half of a second. And then he has his leg wrapped around your neck and then he just throws the birds up in the air. I like uh, like, uh, when he does asshole shit, Minoru Suzuki just starts laughing his ass off in the corner. It's fucking great. Minoru Suzuki, great man. Great man, Byron. Yeah, Minoru Suzuki is he is a okay, okay, okay. Back. Treasure. I'm lost some steam. Listen, listen, listen. What? What are the Golden Lovers? The Golden Lovers. That's um. Explain this to I me. wanted to say I don't know why I wanted to say Kenny Ibushi, but it's it's Kenny and Kota, and uh, they're a Casey can actually get into this more because it's an old uh, DDT tag team. It's when they were back there. Yeah. Um, but they're back and they together. Never, and they and, never hooked up at all in New Japan. I mean, no. They they, up, but I mean, like in the Kenny Omega specifically would not wrestle um, Ibushi in anything tournaments or whatever because he knew it was going to be special and he didn't want to throw it away and he vetoed. Oh, he vetoed it whenever it came up. Um, and it's a huge thing. And this whole. Um, Young Bucks, um, not to be uh, confused with the Young Does, uh, with this Young Bucks being the elite storyline. Um, oh, it's a uh, what, Casey? I'm sorry, I'm stealing all of your material, and uh, it's just it's it's a really great storyline. I'd watch being the elite. What, what uh, is the storyline? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, everyone says it's this great storyline, but it's like, yeah, yeah, two guys who who were friends in some other promotion got back together, and now they're wrestling together. What's the story? Okay, well, the, the overall storyline, the big picture storyline, is you have um, two things going on. You have so you have Bullet Club, being, and you have the elite. You have uh, Cody, who has apparently infiltrated the elite and has taken it over for his own narcissistic vain agenda and is ripping it apart as right. he's trying so to make himself the elite and then, down to the bottom of the mid card. And then, um, <laughs> right. That's while, what, while that's what's going is coming in, trying to become the leader of the elite and bullet club. Um, uh, Kenny is rekindling a friendship or whatever with his old, that wrestling soulmate, Kota. When you say whatever, what yeah. does that mean? Well, that I mean that means that it's they don't put a label on it. They're it they're matter. they're just there's a very strong bond. You can take from it from what you want. Uh, Kenny Omega has said in a in a recent article that um, he's talked about how like when you have uh, when you have gay bisexual people or characters in WWE, they're often very cartoonish or very outlandish or the butt of a joke or stereotypes or whatever. Um, but they're not normal people. They're not normal characters. And so what he's, and so when, when uh, he's asked if, if that could be taken away from, he does, he leaves it open. And if 
people. And what's kind of weird is motherfucker comes from the the promotion that had Dan Dino, but you know both of these guys do. Well, but yeah, so and but, basically but then, they're but saying. But then how are you helping the situation if you won't actually say that that's what's going on? You got well, all these indie fans that are totally loving the gimmick and totally loving the whole thing. Why not just say? Yeah, we're called the Golden Lovers because we're actually lovers or because I'm bisexual and then play it serious from there the whole time. Like if you really want to have an impact, how do you skirt around it and not say it and then expect it to do any bit of good? Because in well, Japan, in the mainstream, would, you have to do that in Japan in the mainstream still. Yeah. It's not like the United States. It, it's I'd also, just, I'd also yeah. say to counter that, one, they're called the Golden Lovers. That's kind of on the fucking nose. Two, yeah, but that's um, in English. You see their, you see their relationship and their interactions it, leading up to it. Like when Kenny lost in the G one, you see Coda had come up to him backstage after the match. You know, you see things like that where if it were a man and a woman, we would automatically assume a romantic thing. And but you don't see a man and a woman act romantic together and then label it like, by the way, that is this is a heterosexual romantic relationship. You just see them. You see certain cues in behavior. Have you, you been watching up. the mixed match uh, t challenge with um, Strowman and Bliss? Oh, they're definitely fucking. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's definitely exactly. acting, but it's really good acting. They're definitely fucking. You could see the look on Strowman's face, and he's like, "Can't believe I get to fuck her during this Facebook tournament." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's exactly the opposite of that. In fact, I think their chemistry would be awful if they actually were having sex. It, and I think she'd break him. I think she'd break him. Everyone thinks it's the other way around. I think she'd break him. I think she would destroy that poor man's will to live. Uh, so Justin, talking, Justin's talking about a pegging situation for those. Well, of you. no, it's just like Strowman is Strowman, but he's also he's still just a kid. Yeah, he's a little boy. Yeah, he's only twelve years old. <laughs> no, that's Byron's pedo investigation. Yes, he has the Andre the Giant gene. No, it's okay if it's a woman pedoing a boy. No, no, she's no, wrong. It's not. No, it's not. Wrong. I saw it on the news. No, no. it was on CSI. Hey, oh, anyway, hey, Byron, um, you know, you know so that you have basically yeah. you have basically Kenny, who's supposed to be blood brothers with, uh, you know, Dude, with the elite, I had uh, news for you, Byron. and he's getting his best friend back. So now you have the leader of the Bullet Club sort of strain his allegiance. You just have to do this. What were you saying, Casey? Oh, so the, the, the pedophile female teacher that Byron was talking about, I was listening to the Bruce Pritchard show and it turned, no, the, the Tony Schiavone show. It turns out she was Miss Nitro's spring break before she became the pedophile teacher. Wow. Is this so surprising? Yeah. So you can watch that Nitro on the WWE uh, network and the girl that wins Miss Nitro's spring break is the pedophile teacher that was all over the news. Okay. So Stacey Keebler? No, no, she won the Nitro Girl one. I can hear, by the way, I can hear my voice echo. Casey, are you watching That's, the show? No, Byron. Do you, you guys do you guys listen to the Todd Glass podcast? By the way, like we're, since we're talking about S Town, another podcast. Byron, you're doing an echoey thing. You have to turn down your your speaker. No, I have headphones in. That's not me. It's you. Absolutely not. I have headphones in. Your right. phone then. I think they're working now. Right, hey, Byron. So, um, racist fan has uh, enunciate. 
Races fan. Has a great question about Mania versus TakeOver. But I want to finish our Golden Lovers conversation. So the match yeah. itself. The, the match, match itself. itself. Give me a give me uh, a give me a rating. Okay. I, I mean I would say five stars, multi <laughs> stars. You I think five say, stars? <laughs> Six stars. I think so. Like having watched it and been there live, uh, because Axis was a shitty broadcast. But uh, I would say it was probably the best story told in a tag match, you know, down to little details that I have ever seen. And to be the lie for it, um, just for me, made it all them that much more fun. Four stars. It's an incredible tag match. And I don't know, people may people knock the Young Bucks. And I think the Young Bucks, they're one of the ones that put the Bullet Club on the map, maybe more so than Kenny, except in the past year. But I think Kenny and Coda get a lot more um, credibility in the ring as, as match generals, as ring generals, as, you know, psychology and all that stuff. Okay. But um, here's, here's, here's why I say it. it has to be four stars. Look, I love the work. I love the work rate. I love the story that they were telling, but the reason why I say four stars is because the psychology only works. If the cell makes sense, there were a few too many times in that match where you get a big move and the sell is for the story and not for the move. And it didn't make sense. And it was too much. Kenny. What do you acting. mean? Specifically what? Like I mean, acting conflicted is yeah. kind of annoying. Like he did it too much. Like, uh, I see where Justin's coming from. I mean, I get it, but they've done it before. They've yeah. done that sort of thing. And where, like, I get it. I get one. it. And I'm not saying it's not awesome, but I think that there's maybe another match down the line that they can do a bigger blow off where they have the, the kink smoothed out and that stuff. And then you get your five star match. I think that was a very, very good uh, four star match. It, it, it could possibly even be in the match of the year runnings, but I don't think it was the five star match that everyone thinks it is. And I think if you go back and watch it in retrospect down the line at the end of this year, I think you'll agree with me. I don't well, think maybe, you'll agree with me now because people are caught up yeah. in it and the fact that wrestling is really awful right now and the lead up to WrestleMania is not nearly what it should be. and It's kind of depressing. I think that everyone sees this match that has this certain level of greatness to it and they're giving it this five-star or six-star or whatever Meltzer scale you're on these days. I think everyone is elevating it a little bit past where it actually is because the general landscape is dulled, but I think there were still some things that need to be ironed out and I think that there's a bigger and better blow off that they could do down the line still for this. And Justin's favorite match is Alicia Fox versus Molina. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, though. Here's one thing that I really do commend them for. Um, but it's, you know, they're smart uh, program programmers and bookers or whatever, you know, running their own story in their own group. But um, they delivered huge and they delivered a finish and they had a little bit of post-match story shenanigans without taking away from the match and the finish. However, especially with doing all in and this being like the biggest program that they're going to be in and like their shot at getting to work with each other and their friends. Cause it's like, here's the thing. If you're, if you're bullet club and you want bullet club at the top of the card, they've been doing that. But now it's like, what if you do Bullet Club versus Bullet Club? Now, like, you own even more of a card, and they're doing that. But, yeah, we need NWO Wolfpack. 
but you don't like if you're going to run with that you don't give it all the way and settle it at the first shot and so they they so they do have to do more follow but don't you think yeah don't you think that eventually the young bucks have to go over no i don't know and then this is a thing where like i don't really feel like i want to or need to overly diagnose it this is like this is a great story these are characters i'm really into like i don't want to figure out what's going on be- beforehand let's just everyone, watch it everyone is saying kenny omega is taking like the dory funk jr role which basically means his role in all japan when he stopped becoming a singles guy and became a tag team with terry and they became the best dominant awesome tag team the funk brothers so now the Golden Lovers can be the top dominant, awesome tag team. And uh, they can ride that for a while and they can sell merch and they can make money. At yeah. the move. I mean, ultimately, New Japan has to go a year before they have Kenny take the belt off of Okada. And I think if Kenny has this high profile angle with the Young Bucks, it brings the Young Bucks into the heavyweight territory. Um, and it's basically a bunch of junior heavyweights that put on a little bit of muscle little bit of extra muscle but it's going to be great hopefully we get a few golden showers out of this and and really like you go through it the cody stuff has been great because he's brought that sports entertainment element to these guys and he's and he's improved in the ring too but you know i'm not it's he has to prove himself to all the fans i know there's a lot of hard opinions about cody but i think he definitely has given the rub to everyone in the bullet club and he still continues to um and yeah, I think it's going to be great. But you have this thing. You have Kenny and Coda are going to have to figure their shit out. They have to go back to singles before Wrestle Kingdom. You know, yeah. like I think there's a lot of great. There's a lot of great stuff ahead. And the way just- you have to do a turn is you have to have a Bushi turn on Omega because it's the thing that no one would expect, right? Like, so he's got to be evil and join like chaos or something. Ah, that would be know. good. I don't know. Okay, so I get it. So there's some interest in there. You're clearly waiting for a turn, but you also want to see the run. Now, do you do you feed the rest of the tag team division to the Golden Lovers in the meantime? Yes. What tag team division? New Japan doesn't have a good tag team division. Well, there, there's you can put teams together at any point in time. They have plenty of tag team belts. <laughs> I mean, they could be the the shitty-ass Killer Elite squad. They could be... um, I like Lance Archer. Here's here's one of my favorite moments at um, uh, the junior, or the lightweight, the junior uh, tag team division is fun to watch in New Japan, though. Uh, One of my favorite moments was when uh, Lance Archer's running out the ringside. um, uh, What, I think reminiscent of, like, Stan Hansen or whoever, like... Um, some old time Gajan monster wrestler, like running to the ring, spitting water. Like he had a pocket, he had like five water bottles in his pants and he's just spitting water in every face ringside running around. And the one guy like puts his jacket up and blocks his face from the water. So then Lance steps over the barricade, jumps on a chair and starts spitting water into the crowd from there. And everyone's going nuts. Meanwhile, uh, Davy boy Smith jr. Um, just walks to the ring with like a grimace on his face and you look like a wet piece of cardboard the whole time. Yeah, it's good worker. Works too. He's a good worker. Like I like his suplexes. Mm-hmm. Like he does mm-hmm. them. 
I'm, All right, Byron. So I want to get back to racist, racist fan. I, how do you say that, yeah. Casey? His racist question was, fan. No, his question was, do I need cars racing? No, no, he wanted to know if you were looking forward to WrestleMania or Takeover more. I don't it's even know what takeover. the Takeover card is. I'm not watching. Either. I'm probably gonna watch some like wing show with like Jason the Terrible fucking wrestling Mr. Pogo in a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire match. That's probably what I'm gonna watch. Takeover is going to be the show you watch, and you're going to enjoy the wrestling. And if you've been watching NXT, you're going it's to Jason, enjoy the storyline. Takeover. Takeover is going to be the show I enjoy. WrestleMania is going to be the show that leaves a bad taste in my mouth, isn't it? But like WrestleMania is a show you'll have on all day while you're doing stuff. You don't have to pay yeah, full attention, but so you'll look at the TV every once in a while and be like, "Oh, that was cool." It's a shame because I, I there's a ton of talent there. And I just really, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And they keep coming close to having something. I don't understand why you don't just get a straight up Braun versus Brock and put the belt on on Braun right now. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand. Waiting for years to do Roman though. But waiting for what? I mean, waiting I'm to not make saying... another WrestleMania boring. Like, oh. I get the Cena Undertaker thing. I think that that's more interesting than whatever they did with Taker before. As long as Mark's knees hold up, great. I'll, I'll watch that. I'll be interested in that for nostalgic whoa, purposes. Whoa, whoa, Mark! No, whoa. no, we Texas Red. Oh no! <laughs> his first name is the. You want to call him? If you want to call him by his first name, call him the. Okay, <laughs> the Undertaker. All right, so I'm looking forward to seeing what The does. I like to see his knees hold up, and I think he clearly deserves a better send-off than before. We, me and Casey talked about this when Byron was ducking work earlier. And then I, I, I just don't know about anything else out there. Like, Daniel Bryan, okay, you know. I think that's a waste of KO, personally, but fine. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. I think they all, especially given the time and the stage of WrestleMania, can put on a great match. I think that's awesome. I think. Wait till the whole match is just Shane going coast to coast on somebody with a garbage. Yeah, that's the thing. Like adding Shane into it immediately. Like, how else do you book the gimmick on short notice like that? Isn't Shane in the hospital for like diverticulitis or something? Yeah, maybe they pull him out and make the gimmick work. Like Shane should have be cleared, and I think they cleared him medically. And then what? There's like 52 people fighting for the the Intercontinental Championship now. That makes no sense. It's a four way. Uh, I'm glad Rusev sold enough T-shirts to get into it. Or is that the U.S. title? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I, I get them all mixed up now because they've made those completely meaningless. I love the Rusev is in it. Rusev. Why do they keep making Rusev a serious gimmick? Can they just not let him be the comedian that he is? The guy is hilarious in real life. He's he the f- he's one of the funniest, most talented comedic performers that they have in all of WWE right now, and they keep strapping him with serious gimmicks. It's just stupid. Well, they, they don't got have enough to turn monsters. Him. Yeah. Well, they don't even have to turn him full comedy, but he just has such a personality and such. He's so. I mean, he's incredibly charming. In whatever Rusev, way he's doing it. Rusev and Elias should be a faction, not a tag team, a faction. Elias is another one. Like Who I wants to walk with NXT. Elias on Rusev Day? Can we make yeah. that happen? 
Well, I, one thing that um, I read about Elias in one of his interviews, which was really cool, was that um, he talked about how he didn't get over in NXT, um, and then he did in, on the main stage, and they and Triple H was kind of figuring that was going to happen. But the thing is, like a lot of his stuff that he's doing it, uh, on Raw or on the main stage right now is stuff he was doing at NXT houses. Like he would do the guitar improv or guitar uh, song gimmick. Ripping yeah, but it's the cheesy there. You need 10,000 people in there. But he didn't do that and on you NXT just go, TV. You go 100% ravishing Rick Rude, and you just go out there and you be the coolest guy in the room that says the meanest thing to the people in yeah. the crowd, and it, it's just going to work. That's just old school WWE, and they finally found the right guy that can pull it off. But he wasn't doing that specifically on NXT TV. He was right. working those the the parts of his gimmick that are making us so well, he was still now. the drifter then wasn't he yeah they cut the drifter off by the way the drifter i mean it was a funny thing but it's also like i even love to make a fun of him it's like oh finn balor's doing great he like he gets to wrestle the drifter good thing he left new japan you know it's like it's just it sets him up but now he's yeah. walked with elias that's what wwe stands for and, and that's genius he's in a much better place now and he's 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 great honestly and I hate to use this comparison because I hope he does better with this, but it reminds me of the part of Cena's run where Cena finally started getting over, where he did the, the Halloween vanilla ice gimmick and all of a sudden he actually started getting over. It's like you take the cheese dick guy and you just let him go so far with it that it actually works. It's you part know, of I what like they're not doing with Roman. I like that comparison more than he blasphem blaspheming and comparing him to Ravishing Rick Rude, the great Ravishing Rick Rude. No, but I'm saying Ravishing yeah. Rick Rude is just quintessential heel style that WWE can always make work if they have the right talent. What well, sucks? let me ask you this They're question, Justin. To let it work. And uh, like Elias is the first time they've done it in a long time because they're so afraid to have their heels like. Yeah, I feel like they forgot about Elias, and then the gimmick just got over because they forgot. And they yeah. just kept, oh, yeah, let him do it again this week. We didn't write anything new for him. We forgot know, to I tell think... him not to do this, and he did it, so let's just let him keep doing it. Well, from the interview that I read, it seemed like uh, they were working on that angle if he gets to fuck around on the guitar, but they were doing it on live shows. And so that's how it sort of came out of nowhere. But, like, the WWE thing, like, I think it was on purpose, and I think it was just one of those things where it actually worked out right in, in the right amount of time, and we're just not used to seeing that all that much. Byron, did but you see the ultimate, the, the, the final completion deletion, whatever it was called? I, I saw I saw when it was, I don't know if I saw the whole thing, but I saw like the four videos that were up a while ago. I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't I'm just, see I'm any of it because guess what? It's not on the Hulu broadcast. They like I went back, out. like, how did yeah. I miss this? WWE cut it out of Hulu. It wasn't That's Hulu. That's amazing. So it's like totally, it's got heat backstage or something then, right? It's totally buried. Well, do you know well, the thing? hated it, but Ray, it did well. Ray is wrestling on the house shows with the exact same gimmick, doing the exact same thing. So it's like everyone thinks it's going to repackage them, and it's not. Oh, man. I bet it will. I bet it will, but I think he's still going to be Bray. But I think he's going to be um, like Broken Bray, you know? Broken Bray Hardy? <laughs> yeah. But I you know that's another thing where I don't want to overthink it because I'm a big fan of him. I'm a huge fan of his NXT Bray Wyatt. Uh, I just thought I, uh, thought I had family. missed it or I thought it was coming up at Mania. I didn't know what was going on. And then somebody was like, yeah, that thing already happened. And I was like, and I went back and I went through all the Hulu feeds and I was like, 
it's not there. I can't uh, believe I mean, they really no sold it that fucking hard at a corporate level. I mean, that says something. They're either not happy with Matt or Bray or something. No, like you know, I think. Well, I think they just Vince it's like it apparently. That's right? what they're used to. It's against tradition. Um, uh, but Michael Cole went on it. That's kind of like the story that was going around is that Vince just didn't fucking get it and kind of shit on it. Yeah. You don't have to get everything. You just need to put out TV. So Vince is probably like, fuck it, let it go. Well, let's put it this way. Michael Cole wasn't apologizing for it unless someone told him to apologize for it in advance, which he did. He's like, I'm sorry for what the audience is about to see. But it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit on a lot on all the metrics that they Cole no sold it on the air. Yeah. Michael Cole no sold it on the air. On the air right before it happened. But if if uh, if like I were shit, a betting, like not even no sold it, but he shit on it. I didn't because that's not on, on the Yeah, he shit on it before it happened, and it was a pre-tape. Oh my god, that is tremendous! And then they didn't even show it to the live crowd. They did a Rousey angle instead off the air. Wow. Yep. Wow. They just really didn't know how to run with that. Did Borash produce it or something? Isn't he still he, a DNA? He was a part of it. No, he he's there. They just hired Borash in WWE. Yeah, I just I think I think um, it did well enough for them to continue with it. I think you know prove some people wrong, but I also think like the big Bray Wyatt payoff, if there's going to be one, and they follow through with that, will be the Monday after WrestleMania with a huge hot crowd, and they've wrapped up all the storylines they've already invested, and in, you know all the real estate at WrestleMania is already paid for. You know. Yeah. Wait, so, so Borash like, is there backstage now, too? I think this is probably no-selling that whole faction of people and keeping them from getting any real juice backstage. I, I'm going to investigate yeah. now. I, I'm curious because I feel like there's more at play than the surface of that. You, I mean, I get they have three hours of TV to fill so they don't give a fuck about doing it, but to spend that kind of time and the fact that they brought Matt in and they spent all that time trying to figure out how to get away with doing the broken gimmick without violating his previous contracts and then to go there with it and then bury it on TV and not even put it on the Hulu broadcast. That's pretty extreme. I mean, this is stuff that they've invested money in. Well, I'm glad that we're continuing the theme of competing with cereal and S town and that we are doing so much more and so much more important investigative journalism on the show. All right. Well, I'm going to investigate. I won't get to the bottom of it, but I'm going to investigate anyway. We're going to get broken Bray the Monday after WrestleMania. And it's people are going to go nuts, and it's going to be awesome for at least a week. All right, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to predict that Matt Hardy comes out of the feud less over than he did going into it, like everyone else that Bray Wyatt ever feuds with. Hey, we were talking about New Japan, and I forgot to bring up the most interesting New Japan news of all coming out of that broadcast, Byron, and that you um, will have no, no no say in and probably not care about. So, but Casey might find this interesting. I think Casey Ray's ha- going to be in the Super Juniors tournament, by the way. He's definitely going to go in. Who Ray is? Yeah. Oh, so Casey, um, Josh Barnett has been mm-hmm. found uh, completely innocent of his PED charges, and uh, all charges have been dropped, penalty served. But basically, he has now lost over a year and a half in the ring <laughs> on what they have found out to be uh messed up supplements wow good i'm happy that he's doing first justin his career 
What's that? Who's he suing first? The supplement company? I don't know. It's like Josh is is my age, so which is super duper old in the uh, MMA world. And, you know, he's clearly found plenty of ways to make money, but he spent his own money on his lawyers to pursue this whole thing and to basically get the whole thing dropped now. Um, and his record expunged, but he's lost a year and a half off his career when he had fights booked. I mean, he was he was an active MMA fighter at the time that this happened. It sucks because he's 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 fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know what, Josh from Barnett is he is a shitty wrestling announcer. Also, subtopic: he doesn't know what strong style is, even though he has probably paid writers on the show to help him with that. Um, um Byron he also in New Japan, bro. Come on. Huh? He wrestled in New Japan. Come on. He still doesn't know what strong style is. I saw him try to Jim Ross asked him, Hey Josh Barnett. What, what what's that there? Wrestling? Strong style. Just, just, just yeah, like no. barbecue sauce. And Barnett couldn't answer, but he said some stuff, but it wasn't the right answer. And yeah, so but do you know hard. but but do you know why Barnett would give that answer? Because he doesn't know shit from shit. Because he didn't think he was seeing real strong style. So he was trying to cover for those fools. So if he said that at the beginning of the show, but he's going to say that about Ishii and... Uh, no, I don't think so. And Suzuki? No, Barnett knows those guys. and it, I don't know. I, I didn't think the commentary was bad, but uh, I got to say that the regular English announced team um, might have been better. Well, you mean Kevin Kelly and Don Callis? Yeah. Yeah. I think Callis, I think is, they're... Callis is actually very entertaining on the call. Or maybe you sit Callis with JR and Barnett. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel I like I feel like you could feel the part timeness of Barnett and JR. That the, three man, the three man the three man booth is cancer to professional wrestling. They never, never but not no, at a big I mean, event. I never minded at a big event. I hate it on the weekly shows. Weekly shows should be a two-man team. Big events, yeah. three-man team is fine. I mean, I like. I mean, I think there's be there's uh, a bit of like a track record now with Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. I think. I mean, they have their gimmicks. They do their thing. But at this point, you uh, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Like you go, they're in this uh, with me. I don't know. No, I don't know if I let them do yeah. the big event that you're going to bring the casuals to. I think you got Jr. You still use Jr. You still use Barnett. But the the thing is, you know, Callis especially goes very inside with his gimmicks for the people who are watching regularly. I mean, he he's very much speaking to the marks, and I think that that on that broadcast where you're going live on access, you want the casual to be able to jump right in. You don't want it to be for the marks. The marks are going to like it and watch it anyway. You know? Yeah. I just, I think, I think we're getting to the stage where you're going to have the New Japan, like, fans are marks like myself. And we like our guys. And our guys, like, we see them showing respect and knowledge of the product. And when JR and um, that other guy, they do this stuff and they don't know all the details and they don't act as passionate at, or as we perceive as passionate towards the product. You know, we, we look at them and go, they're not one of us. Also, we have two guys who are like one of us 
and that makes the difference that makes them but that's what i'm saying you need some combination of those two things you need the the inside guy to speak to the marks and you need you know the big name talent and obviously if jr is there that's the guy you use there's no reason to not have jr if you can afford it you gotta have guys guys who can i have the answer okay clearly kevin gill is the answer yes who's that (laughs) yeah Kevin, yeah, Kevin Gill. I'm sure that his explanation of what strong style was and his pronunciation of Japanese names would have been pit perfect. Who what does who does Kevin Gill announce? Hey, but look, or at least New Japan has lower thirds on the screen for the announcers. So even Kevin Gill could have looked at the screen and gotten names halfway right, which he didn't even get for AAA. So how about how Maybe about the Axis broadcast getting the factions wrong? And it's like uh, Suzuki Gun uh, is being broadcast as like Bullet Club. Oh God, Oof. Suzuki Gun, the best faction, the Oof. best yeah. faction. Suzuki, Suzuki Gun is number like one. Fucking great. Um, Not Los Ingobernables. They're number two. They're number two. Oh, hold on. You like them, but you fear Suzuki Gun. You okay. know how everyone. By the way, it was epic to be. I'm so happy that I was there for uh, Minor Suzuki's entrance, and everyone got to chant uh, or say Kazi whatever the fuck it is i've been drinking tonight just so you know and everyone got to stay it was it was so loud it was so epic because i need air or some and uh, it was it was incredible i listened to that song every now and then to get fucking jacked up it's great um i forgot (laughs) <laughs> I thought my internet dropped out again. I did too. <laughs> Shit, man. Just dead silence. I forgot. It, it's probably like one in the morning for Byron right now. It is. Byron, oh, no, no, no. It's a, no, it's a thing where everyone, so everyone chants that, ever, or everyone says that part one of the song of along with the one song. Of us. But Thank they don't you, do it. They don't I, do it. I don't, I got to go to sleep. I have to go to work in a few hours. But they don't, they don't sing along with this song out of love for Minoru Suzuki, you have uh, an arena full of people who do that at the top of their lungs out of fear for Minoru Suzuki. I do it out of love because I feel like personality-wise, any wrestler, like I identify with him the most as a person. I, I feel like his character and me are like very similar. A wise man fears Minoru Suzuki. It's true. This is and there true. are no fools because he's killed them all. The ones who don't fear him. And then if you beat him, he just shaves his head and he looks more gangster than he did before he shaved his head. And then he grows it back in two weeks. Yeah. It's like, all right, it's all good. No, dude, uh, I just wish I could get a Suzuki gun tracksuit for like not $300. I want to give a shout out. It's 180 or for the other tracksuits, but I want to give a shout out to my new Japan tracksuit mafia. What, 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 what? Okay. What I'm talking about. Okay. So, uh, also next weekend, you're going to have WrestleMania. You're going to have 10 million awesome things at WrestleCon. You're going to have Lucha underground versus TNA. Um, and UFC 223, which features, uh, interim lightweight champion Tony Ferguson versus Khabib undefeated Nurmagomedov the Eagle and uh, they're supposedly going to be fighting for the actual lightweight title which Dana White has said 
that will be official the second the cage door is locked and they're both inside it having okay. both completely made weight that belt will not be official unless that happens so which pretty much means it's on khabib khabib has never actually made 155 pounds he's never been at championship weight he's either missed weight or he's weighed in at 156 or 155.5 pounds. He's never actually hit the 155. And for a title match, you have to be 155 exactly or under. Casey, do you think this match is actually going to happen? No, dude, because 155, fuck, that's light. Jesus Christ. And I also want to say, I'm looking forward. We're only four UFCs away from UFC 227. Which is going to have Jack Hay versus Chris Cyborg. <laughs> I would pay so much money for that. I would pay all the money in the world for that. I want to give a shout out to J-Man. Jack Hay and she'll just be like, ooh, it'd be great. Five stars. What'd you say, Byron? You're giving a shout out to J-Man. I want to give a shout out to J-Man who's down with Khabib time. Hashtag. Oh, okay. yeah. And he's saying that because J and J-Man is actually short for Jack Hay. I am taking I am taking Tony El Kukui Ferguson in that fight. I believe that after that day he will be the lightweight champion. Okay, There's if they fight somehow. If they fight, he wins. I don't think they're gonna fight. But if they fight, he wins. I think so too, because I think that Khabib getting down to that weight is going to strip him out and yeah. I think Tony's gonna box him up and he's not gonna be able to lie on Tony. He might lie on Tony some in the first and second round, and then I think Tony takes over and wins that fight. What the fuck does he even walk around at? He looks like he walks around at like one eighty or something, man. Yeah, he should he should he should be uh, a welterweight. There's no reason that he's fighting Hey like guys, that. it's one AM over here. I'm gonna go to sleep. Good night. <laughs> we love you byron thank you for showing up and he's gone uh, he's uh, what are the interesting fights around there okay and rose Namajunas versus joanna Jacek hurts my parts because i love them both so dearly but i'm going to take rose again in the rematch just like i took her in the first fight i'm gonna say that, that i'm gonna disagree just Ooh. because i want a big money third fight that they're in the main event and making a lot of money. Okay. And I was kind of pissed when my favorite female fighter lost last time. So there you go. Look, I love them both for completely opposite reasons, but I think, I think Rose just might have her number. Um, she did last time. Shit. Yeah. And, and did right by me. Um, Michael say versus uh, Pettis. Don't really care. Raging like Al versus Paul Felder. I hope Raging Al wins because he's amazing on the stick. <laughs> I want him to win, so I'm going to put myself behind him. Um, Moicano versus Qatar. Also, don't really care, but I'd probably take Moicano in that fight. Now, the fight that I do find interesting is uh, Carolina Kowalkiewicz versus Felice Little Bulldog Herrig. Felice has turned into a much better fighter than she was ever supposed to be. And yeah. I just, I think that she might, might be able to pull that one off. So I'm going to take Felice, which is amazing because Carolina Kovalkiewicz is another one of my favorite female fighters. But I think, I think that one's going to go the opposite of what a lot of people are. expecting. It, I, it would be interesting to see. I don't know. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's a big prediction, dude. Shit. 
Yeah. I mean, and there's some other interesting fights. You got Dunham versus Oban Marcier. You got uh, uh, Bruce Leroy versus Artem Lobov on the, the fight pass card. Fuck Beck yeah. Rawlings is on the fight pass card, too. And I'll tell you what, that Bruce Leroy versus Lobov fight, that might be the hardest one to pick of the night. Either you know one what? of those guys could win that fight very easily. I, I never go against Bruce Leroy to the best of my better judgment. And like, like you know, I always got to pick him, man. It's fucking Bruce Leroy. I have I'll, to. I'll tell you what. I'm actually going to take Lobov in that fight because I think that not having to be Connor's, tr- you know, ace training partner right now, Mm-hmm. That hopefully he's been able to focus on his own style and get focused on his own career for a change instead of training with Connor, doing things for Connor and his whole training camp, and then jumping right into a fight yeah. just because he's in shape. I think that knowing in advance who his opponent is, not training with someone else, and actually training for himself, I think that he's going to come in real sharp. And I think that that whole camp is probably putting themselves into him more than normal to get him the win. So. Based on that alone, I think I'm going to actually give it to Lobov. Though I would love to see Bruce Leroy just bash it his is, teeth in. It is pretty gross phrasing that you said that his whole camp is putting themselves into him to get him to win. No, I meant it that way. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I've talked about all the things. I think you've talked about all yeah. the things. The list was amazing. I hope that people uh, go and watch some of that footage. You should post some links. Uh, if you get a chance and, and maybe we'll have to find some more reasons for you to go uh, into your Lucha Libre and, and wrestling knowledge of the past. Maybe we'll do a uh, top, top 10 best WCW guys ever. Or something Honestly, you know what? I could do another list of like the Japanese style Lucha Libre, the Lucha Resu, if you will, like those dudes, I can do another top 10 list because I feel like we could do a whole show on how awesome Dick Togo is and he would make my Rudo's list. <laughs> Well, start putting it together. Uh, I don't know if we'll be around next week because of all the crazy wrestling. And w- would you even watch anyway? If because right. there's so much going on, so probably back in two weeks, folks. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks to everyone who bought the Where's Casey T-shirt. Thanks to the guys over at Mass Republic. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see what their new website's going to look like. They talked about it. Uh, they've announced that they've got this Lucha Central thing coming. I'm really interested to see what's going on there. So. Oh, yeah. uh, props to them. Props again to uh, Keeping It 100 and Mass Republic for the shout out on the show. Yes. Uh, thank you. God thanks damn. to everyone who bought a Where's KC t shirt. I can't wait for mine to get here sometime next week. All that stuff has shipped, so you should be getting your orders soon, people. Yeah. I mean, I already got my sticker and my coffee cup. I'm just waiting on my shirt. It should be coming. The shirts, yeah, the shirts are the last thing to go. Uh, thanks to J Man for sending in that uh, roving reporter footage. Thanks to Urban for last week. Um, and again, the numbers have been tremendous recently, guys. Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, follow us down there, buy a t-shirt, and until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Peace.